0: Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, is a podcast that discusses sex, intimate and sexual situations, sexualized anatomy, alcohol, and substance use. Naughty language will be used. We recommend listeners be 18 or older, as some content will not be suitable for younger listeners. Individual episodes may contain additional content warnings. Please refer to these at the start of each episode to keep yourself safe. Most importantly, have fun and enjoy. This episode of Wham Bam Thank You Ma'am just barely avoided being lost forever due to technical issues. We were able to save the recording, but we did have to sacrifice some quality to do so. Apologies in advance for any weird sounds, hiccups, or sound issues that we weren't able to remove. We appreciate your understanding and hope you enjoy. Welcome to... Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, the smuttiest, sluttiest podcast this side of literary analysis. I'm Corinne, and I'm here because I studied media and literature in college, and I have a writing minor.
1: Why are you here, Roxy? Hi, my name is Roxy. I stream on Twitch as Psyche Siren. And every day I delve closer into the void of why am I here? Why do I exist? Why do I read these books? You could say I'm here because I love romance novels, but I didn't feel any romance today. There there was no no romance today, I'll tell you
2: that.
0: (laughs) There was a lot of fucking.
2: So much. And there
1: was some feelings. Yeah, yeah, you could say that, Uh uh-huh. But I'm here, (laughs) but that's good enough for today all right andy
2: why are you here hi i'm andy also known as super andyness pretty much everywhere i would i guess i'm confused i didn't realize this was a podcast i thought this was a I read this book support group
1: (laughs) hi andy hi andy
0: welcome (laughs) to my cat's guide to online dating support
2: group (laughs) it's a good book that's not me riffing on the book being bad that's me being like what did i just read okay I'm here because I have been ingratiated with fandom culture from an age that was probably irresponsible for me to have access to the internet. So, now I'm welcome, here. Andy. Welcome, Andy. <laughs> I feel so safe
0: now. Pass the talking stick back to me. There's free <laughs> coffee over there. <laughs> and some, uh, mediocre cookies
1: that cost like a dollar.
2: Can I get some and pamphlets? Someone-
1: yeah, sure. And someone brings donut holes for no reason, but
2: they're there usually too. If they're, you get they're, early. Stale. They're, yeah, they're stale. They're eldritch donut holes. Yeah. They just leave them in the church basement fridge and you just pull them out an hour before to thaw them. They've been there since the 90s.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Speaking of the 90s. No, that has nothing to do with anything.
0: <laughs> for our eighth episode, we read My Cat's Guide to Online Dating by Christian Baines. A hookup gone bad can be perder. Fresh from a breakup, deeply closeted freshman Zach jumps at the chance to house at his family home and enjoy a long, horny summer free of both his ex and his religious parents. But when an old enemy turned hookup falls to his death, Zach turns to the only one true friend he's ever known. His cat, Grace Jones. With the dead man's phone and a knack for texting, she promises Zach help, for a price that will satisfy both their appetites. doesn't matter if Grace Jones' powers draw on something far more ancient and sinister than a cell phone. Get laid, Zachary. Get laid. Each new hookup brings Zach darkly humorous discoveries about life, love, sex, and his own desires. But Zach knows it's only a matter of time before someone discovers his secret. Can he rely on his feline protector or is he trapped in a hungry devil's bargain? Content warnings for My Cat's Guide to Online Dating are as follows. Cheating, under-slash-not-negotiated rough sex, recreational drug use, mention-slash-insinuations of an HIV-positive diagnosis, cannibalism, hallucinations, public sex, voyeurism, Vomit, possible past sexual assault from someone in a position of power, church slash religion related abuse, discussions of conversion therapy, blood and gore, fat phobia and fat shaming, homophobia and homophobic language, release of an explicit video without consent, racism and xenophobia, sex work. In case you are new to the show, we've all read this book, taken notes, and highlighted some of the spicy sections, and in this case, some of the most disturbing. We'll be discussing the story and these bits. Comparing it to romance and smut fiction with similar themes, setting, tropes, etc. While enjoying the signature drink of the episode. Today's signature drink is Paw Paw Punch. You can find the recipe and instructions for the cocktail and mocktail versions of this drink in our Discord and on our social media, WBTYMPod, basically any place you look. Stick around until the very end for a Tingling Tingler, where we read a segment from National Treasure, Chuck Tingle. Now,
2: first drink of the episode, ma'am. Cheers to where the fuck this was. Cheers to gay cannibalism.
0: Cheers to gay cannibalism.
2: (laughs) Say that while I'm drinking. (laughs) That's exactly the perfect time to say that. That's an interesting flavor. It's
0: mostly just ah. like limey
2: for me. What are you getting over there, Andy? Tastes like school supplies. And I can't explain it, but it tastes...
1: Perhaps too much luster dust was added.
2: (laughs) It tastes like school supplies smell.
1: I'm going to take a picture of the drink for the
2: Discord. And I don't know if we've ever actually come out and said this. I usually have the non-alcoholic versions of whatever we're drinking. So I tend to have a different experience than the other girls.
0: Yes, because there is a cocktail and mocktail version. We we make both because
2: not everybody drinks. And that's okay. East me, I don't drink. I'll just smoke the devil's letter. I don't want to oversell our Patreon. But if you're not part of our Patreon and you don't have access to our new $10 tier where you can see the videos, Roxy's faces make it worth it. Oh, my God.
1: I'm I'm dying out
0: here. Her faces (laughs) are fantastic. Seriously, it is like half the show is just her face. And if you (laughs) can't see it, you're missing out. And half the time I can't even see it because I'm reading something and she's like vamping in the background. Just.
1: (laughs) I I cannot hide. I cannot. I I have a very expressive face. And y'all, this book. I, I got a new wrinkle or two, I'm telling you. And I will say, I enjoyed it. It was, it's a good book. It's a great book, even, but what the fuck? What the, <laughs> the, what the fuck, man? I i would like to say
0: that this book was chosen by our community. Yeah, it, it was. This yeah. was the very first monthly book poll winner. I think we only had a few votes, but, you know, every vote counts because... You got us to read My Cat's Guide to Online Dating. Honestly, I would have read this myself anyway. Like, I this is something that was totally up my alley. I would have fucking yeah. read this. But I can't say necessarily the other mans would have.
1: I'm going to be real with you. Maybe we should look into a dictatorship because this democracy is not working out for our community. Corinne, I don't like the things they choose. I am a firm believer in the choice of the people. Yeah, but sometimes the people are fucking dumb. You heard Sorry. it here first. No. Uh, listen, listen. Not. I I did enjoy this book, but y'all, what the hell are you reading? Where are you finding this? What is even going on? You heard that list of things involved in this book. It's not a long book. It's, it's a, not. It's not a long read. Uh,
2: okay. Okay. I'm I'm okay. gonna okay. I'm gonna okay. Th- okay. I'm gonna hump the fence here for a second. That's the expression, right?
0: Yes.
2: Yes. It is definitely hump the fence. Please hump it. Okay. I'm going to hump the fence. Oh, sorry. I'm going to be the middle man here. Okay. Very well written book. If that's what you're into. (laughs) I like reading marshmallows. I like reading marshmallow books where I'm like, "Mm." Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Cannibalism is not a tag I expected to run into.
0: I'm sorry I'm a freak, and I honestly did expect cannibalism.
2: You are not a freak. You just have an insane ability to be able to know what's going to be in a book, and I respect the fuck out of it.
1: Here's the thing, though. I am a freak. I love Eldritch Horror. Like, genuinely. Like, love it. Love this kind of shit. And it threw me for a loop. Yeah. It is.
0: It's. As soon as there was in the right here where it says... With a dead man's phone and a knack for texting, she promises X help for a price that will satisfy both their appetites. I was like, cannibalism. That was all I needed to read to know there's cannibalism in this book.
1: Well, I we, expected him to feed the cat. I didn't expect him to feed himself. Okay, okay. So if you're gonna read this book, I'm gonna warn you, like spoilers from like here on out, like at yeah. the very beginning. Yeah, because we, can't we talk cannot about this book
0: without being spoilers. Like, like yeah.
1: we cannot keep our mouths shut. So if you want to read this book on your own, go for it, champer damper. We believe in you, but buckle up
2: because we have a lot of feelings. <laughs> but also come back and listen to what we have to say.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. So pause. Read the book, then come back and listen because we we want to tell you about it. But also we're going to spoiler this book so bad because there's not a lot of ways to talk about it that isn't spoiling it.
2: <laughs> it's, it's a very stable and like clean piece of writing in that in order to talk about any part of it, you have to talk about the entire piece. You cannot pieces part it out, which is a strength in writing, but it makes reviewing it without spoiling it, kind of
0: Yeah, it, this tough. is a very well-formed book. It, yeah. like, things that happen in the beginning pay off back here, like, mm-hmm. people you see over here show up again back here, you know, like... And
1: and there aren't even, like, chapters, it's the people yeah.
0: involved. Yeah. That so. was actually one of my very first notes was that it's not separated into chapters, it's separated by people, which, it you does. know, this is backwards, but... Alistair, Ben, Cascade, Dorian, Ethan, Felix. And that is how the book is separated, which is a really interesting way to approach the story. As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh,
2: what is this? And see, Corinne, you always get the physical versions of our book. And so like you have the benefit. I don't know if this is your experience, Roxy, but when I open the Kindle, it skips right to the first page, of like text. I never see the four words and the... Table of contents. So I was like, "When when am I going to get to chapter one? Who the <laughs> fuck is Alice?" <Allison?" laughs>
1: yeah, in my notes I did have. I guess we just don't do chapters, do we? And then I I realized it was the names, and I felt like an asshole. I was like, "Oh oh, oh yeah no. oh okay."
2: This is Roxy Simon Cowell episode. I'm calling <laughs> it now
1: like it though i did i genuinely did it was a fun funny morbid little read i just need to lie down with some aspirin after it (laughs) (laughs) i did kind of feel like
0: i just needed to like lay down after i read it i feel like you know like i i had to finish preparing for the podcast today but then after that i was like i'm going to bed it's 1 a.m
1: what did i just read (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I I just remember, like, almost, like, dissociating after, like, staring into, like, at my wall, like, what? What?
2: What? What? <laughs> I fully expected it to take me a day or two to read this, because usually I have trouble, like, actually getting into books. I started it at 8 a.m. Friday morning and finished it midnight Saturday morning. Yeah, it's I read good. this all in one day. I read it all in one day. It's um, a good read. It is, but I... I took, I took, other than us playing d and I, I went and laid down immediately after like I was done. Like you, you have to clock out of being a human for 24 hours after you read this.
1: <laughs> it's like how people are proud of themselves after they run a marathon, but they don't immediately want to run it again. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, I did it. That was great. I'm happy. I don't know. I don't run marathons. Fuck that. But like, you know, I imagine... <laughs> It's like that feeling of, you know, pride, accomplishment, and I need to go not exist for a while.
2: (laughs) Wrap me in tinfoil. I am a baked potato.
0: (laughs) I think part of what made this book a book that, you know, Andy, you even, like, read in one day. You didn't need to. Like, we were at the point where, you know, Roxy and I kind of needed to. I, I had a little bit of time, but it was very gripping. You start yeah. reading and you're like, where is this going? What What's going to happen? And to, to kind of frame this story for the listeners, basically what happens is that Zach, our, our lead, is staying at his parents' house while his parents go on a crazy religious zealot retreat, which sounds like something my parents would go on. So I related hard to that. And while he's home house sitting, he is going to Fuck his way through everybody in town that he can. Because he just got out of a a relationship. He is on the rebound. And he, like, hasn't been back to this town in, like, a while.
2: I I don't know. Two years.
0: Two years. Two years. Because he's been away in in Toronto for college. And so he's like, I'm going to be a slut, essentially. He's just like, I am going to make my way through all the gay men in this town or the questioning men in this town, the closeted men in this town, anybody on the dating app, I'm gonna fuck. Because he has the house to himself. Because he has the house to himself and he had to hide his identity from his parents to this day. Like, he has not come out to his parents. He had a bad experience in high school where they took him out of school, homeschooled him, made him take a forced gap year because they were afraid he might be gay because of a video that got leaked. And... So he's basically had to hide his entire identity and now they're gone. He has a house to himself. He's going to fucking flaunt it. And he's made a bit of a physical change with himself when he was in Canada. He's not quite the same person he was when he left high school. And so he starts off by, you know, just meeting up with a guy who is a faceless, just torso on the app like no face picture just seems like a complete like jockey asshole and he's like I'm gonna fuck this guy the guy shows up and it is his nemesis from high school the one who leaked the video of him giving his first blowjob to the entire school and the internet and basically caused him to have two years of hell with his his family and he hate fucks this guy right out of the gate and he's like I'm you know what I'm still gonna fuck you but it's gonna be a hate fuck and
2: (laughs) I don't know if anyone wants to cut in here I go ahead Roxy no you go you go you go you go I listen a lot of poor decisions were made in this book but my favorite poor decision that was made in this book was as he was reaching his peak (laughs) He inside of his this man that used to bully him. He called him the nickname that he that the bully called him in high school. And I'm like, get him. Yeah. (laughs) That's petty and shitty and you deserve it. You get him for that. Yeah, like the
0: the guy who this guy you do not feel bad for. Like the the bully like he is shitty. He is hiding the fact that he's either gay or bi from his spouse. He is cheating on his spouse. He is incredibly closeted. He has, like, an entire routine to hide the fact that he's sleeping with men. Like, and he's just
2: a bad person. We're all different than who we were in high school. But he literally released sexually explicit information about someone else. Yes. That's horrifying.
0: Oh, yeah. And he shared it. And it destroyed this guy's life. And, like, he thought nothing of it.
1: Like, it was nothing to him to destroy this guy's life. I will say this was absolutely a wild start to the book, though, <laughs> uh, because you, you you have, like, the very first paragraph is something about, like, their their dialogue, you know, to get there, and he's talking about how long he is. And, like, that's the first paragraph. That's the, that's the, you, you do not step into the kiddie pool and get, you know, used to the water temperature. You dive into the deep end off the start, and oh boy is the sex in this book very detailed very well written and if you're just chilling there midday having a cup of coffee looking at your kindle it can be a bit jarring even if you know you're sitting down to read smut it's
2: i will say it did the writing style of the sex reminded me of a lot of fan fiction that i've read and that is a compliment
1: it is very graphic and it's, it's funny because from like the romance novel world we we like to use euphemisms like velvet covered steel <laughs> there was no velvet covered steel here there was no it no. was pure dick it was yeah. pure dick there was no velvet covering anywhere
2: no um well <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it was very surreal just imagine me you know all cozied up you know got my coffee just comfy in an armchair and then I'm reading about a guy's dick <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: like right off the bat well and now I can't speak to this personally but I have heard this from some friends uh-huh. this is what dating as a gay man using an app is like like this is what it's like and you know this book is written by a gay man. And so I I feel like, you know, it's very much drawing from that very real life experience of people immediately ask about your dick. Most of the pictures are just body shots. Like it's, you know, it's a very, you can of course find people who aren't like that, but there's a lot of hyper-masculinity kind of
2: shoved into these apps. It's usually ASL, top yeah. or bottom yeah cut uncut links yeah. from what i understand that is the entirety of the conversation and can you host or not mm-hmm. that's that's pretty much the entire conversation and that is a big deal in this book can you host or not yeah like- i'm not a gay man this is not my experience but from what i understand and what kern was saying yes that is what i understand the gay dating experience for gay men to be on gr- what did was this app called Grinder? This, this, this app
0: was calling. never called anything, but it's but presumed to be Grinder.
2: Like it's Grinder. Yeah, it's,
0: it's just Grindr. not mentioned as Grinder because you know, like probably copyright reasons. Yep, Grinder didn't want to be associated with cannibalism, Eldritch horror.
1: <laughs> I've mean, we wondering, ma'am, what the fuck are you talking about? This is just some gay kid wanting to have some, some you know, privacy to himself getting over a bad breakup. Why are you talking about cannibalism? Well, after the guy realizes, as as Andy said, as soon as uh, Zach, our main character, climaxes, he calls his bully the name that he was called. And he goes, oh shit, you're that guy. And it becomes a whole thing you think Alistair is going to become a good person because he starts apologizing. You think that maybe there's redemption. Then he starts wigging out and he starts showing his true colors. Well, and, and he, he starts really critiquing
0: pretty. Zach's body. Yep. Um, yep. And, you know, Zach, like, has made a bit of a transformation since leaving high school. You know, he's he's gotten healthier. He started exercising. He's eating better. Like, because when he was at home, he was very much, it seemed, eating to cope. As it's described multiple times, like, he was eating to deal with the things his parents were doing. So, you know, once he got out of the household, he had a better relationship with his body, but he was by no means ripped. He wasn't, you know, he was just an average guy. And Alistair starts being like, well, you know, you could definitely do something about this and, like, pinching, like, his little love handle. And Zach understandably gets
1: pissed. And also, that starts to turn into an argument Yeah, and then Sarah realizes, wait, are you going to blackmail me? Are you going to tell my wife about this? All this stuff.
0: Oh, because uh, he finds cat hair on his shirt and his cat, his wife is allergic.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The cat, you do not know if this is intentional or not, is under Alastair's feet and he trips and falls down the stairs into a little crumpled mess and immediately dying, breaking his neck
0: Yes, like he is down for the count and Zach is standing there like he tried to catch him so like he did the thing he was supposed to do, he didn't kill this man but he did just watch him die and also he just slept with him
1: and also he is his high school bully and And his
2: DNA is all up in there
1: it looks really bad
2: Yes, and I appreciate that he had every reason not to go to the police about it, but also every time I'm gonna be like, You're stupid. Yeah. The police.
1: Yeah. I but real quick, I wanna say, this is my my first complaint. Really? You're gonna name him Alistair and have him fall down the stairs? (laughs) I never even thought of that. I when I made that connection, I got so mad. I was like, god damn it! (laughs) Just we're also real. I never
0: even considered that at all. Like.
1: Huh. Andy needs a moment. (laughs) Andy's
0: brain is locked. She's frozen. Well, and I even like the book mostly calls him Conway. I was always calling him Alistair in my notes, because that's how we first thought of him was Alistair, because that's what the chapter was called, or the section. I never connected the dots the entire fucking time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was cracking up. I was like, God damn it. Okay. I
2: see you. I see you. Good job, Christian. That's hilarious. (laughs) You got us with that one. God damn it.
1: So, so in the very first chapter, you know, we've got a death. We've got a hate fuck with a bully. We've got a lot folks. Yeah. Um, and you may be wondering, okay, yeah, Roxy, I guess a death happens, but how is this Albert horror? <laughs> well, he doesn't quite know what to do yet. So he puts the body in a freezer so he can think about things. And I'm like, Okay, dumb, I get it, you're panicking, dumb, but all I, right. I think it is important to note it to note that he's twenty one. Yeah, he this is, is. He's he a is baby. Yeah. This is this is a 21 year old
0: college student. You know, like he's young. We can attribute any dumb decisions to the fact that he is very
2: young. young he is dumb an adult and full of you know. You know. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Um, <laughs> he is old. He is of legal age, allowed to do most things except rent a car. But he's still his brain is still developing. Give him some slack.
1: <laughs> so he he goes to like you know cool off pun intended, and think about things. And then he gets a message on his phone from Alistair on the app. And that is where somehow this book gets even crazier.
0: <laughs> because that message is from his cat, Grace Jones. Grace
3: Jones.
1: What a good
0: name <laughs> for freaking, oh my God. His cat, Grace Jones, is a black cat that I know has a white diamond on her chest and neck. She, I believe, is like a long-haired cat, but it gets longer as the book progresses, uh, which is a thing. So I just imagine her as this little black, fluffy, little cute thing. And he, of course, does not believe that it is his cat texting him. He thinks that this was all some joke that Alistair is playing, that this was some sick fucking joke. Alistair figured out it was him made it look like he fell down the stairs and really it's just a dummy or something in the freezer. So like he goes to check the freezer and he's like, Nope, that's a fucking dead body. What the fuck is going on? I'm sorry. What? <laughs> and so Grace Jones keeps talking to him and is like, you know, I'll help you get rid of that body as long as you feed some of it to me.
2: Yeah. How could that go wrong?
1: Yeah. And I will say there was a very cute moment in the book where so he talks about how he had a little trick with his cat where he would say paw and she would reach out her her, her little paw. They would shake hands and he would say paw paw, which That's is where... why our drink is called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paw paw punch. Paw paw punch indeed. So the way he finally realizes it's actually his cat because he doesn't see the phone. She keeps it hidden from him is she says, paw, paw, back to him. And it was a very sweet, disturbing moment.
0: Yeah, yeah, because he's like, he types paw, and she responds paw, paw. And you're like, oh my god, this is this fucking cat. You know, because, like, the texts were saying it was the cat, but, like, it could be anyone. He's thinking, like, is someone in my house? Is someone fucking with me? Did someone take Alistair's phone? Is there someone outside my house? You know, like, did someone see this and thinks this is a funny joke? And then paw, paw, paw happens, and he's like, no one else knows this. This is something I do with my cat exclusively. I don't have friends. Nobody knows that I do this with my cat.
1: And, like, it's so sweet how they talk about the relationship with his cat before this, about how he rescued her in the rain, all sorts of stuff, and... I I will say I, one of my favorite characters in this book was Grace Jones. I loved her. I, not to spoil things later on, but even, even knowing everything I know now, I fucking love that character. Yeah. So well written. I love this cat. There are times where Grace Jones
0: gets upset with Zach due to Zach's decisions. And she does what cats would do when they're upset with you. There's, if you've ever had a cat. You've experienced what happens with Grace Jones here, where your cat gets pissed off at you because you do something they don't like, such as bringing someone home they don't like, or changing their food, or, you know, any number of things. Both both are instances in this book. And they will puke on your stuff. They will shit on your stuff. They will make a fucking mess. They will destroy everything. They will just wreak havoc, because nothing beats a cat scorned, in my opinion, And so, like those moments happened with Grace Jones, and it's it was just I was reading these, and I'm like, I know this cat is at this point some kind of eldator or some kind. Like something's clearly going on with this cat, but oh my god, this is just a normal cat. Like this is
1: such a cat move (laughs) to name yourself after after a powerful woman like Grace Jones. Like to name your cat that's just asking for trouble. Like you know an amazing woman, and then a cat's tenacity. What did you think would happen? <laughs> I mean, probably not the events of this book. I don't think anyone yeah, would actually, no, that. Yeah, actually, no, that's a good point. <laughs> so speaking of events, he realizes, oh, shit, this is actually my cat. I guess I should listen to what she's asking. Because she's basically telling him, I know how to dispose of this body. Cats are hunters. Don't ask too many questions. She guides him on how to cut up and store and drain the blood of the body. To make it easier to dispose of, which he does. (laughs) God damn it, Zachary. And then she asks for some of him to eat, which Zachary in his sweet, sweet, dumb little baby brain goes, okay. (laughs) You can talk. All right. This might as
2: well happen. Yeah. 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 I think,
0: I feel like Zach is very much in a, this might as well happen. This might as well happen. (laughs) Like, mode this entire book, like,
1: all right. Uh, and he goes to prepare the meat, which is what I'm calling it. The meat. (laughs) The flesh. The flesh. Ah. The Conway. (laughs) (laughs) The Conway special. <laughs> for those of you that don't know, it's been a good portion of my life in Arkansas, and there is a Conway, Arkansas. Shout out! Sure you is. don't want to be shouted down this episode, but yeah, it happened you, anyway. You Got it. It's for you. Um.
2: I've been inside of you multiple times. <laughs> Hi, how are you?
1: Speaking of inside of you, so the he's preparing this food for his cat, and somehow who could have predicted the food he's preparing for himself which happens to be steak is mixed up and he ends up eating his one night tryst former high school bully yeah, yeah he ends up eating the people meat and loving it the way he described it Disturbingly, made me want to get steak. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, like, no, I mean sorry. the way it was described, like it made you hungry,
1: <laughs> oh, Christian. Like it was described so well, like melt in your mouth tenderness, the juices. yada yeah, well, yeah. And you made like a, a like a stir fry with it, you know. And I was like, yeah. oh, I love
0: stir fry. And sorry. I mean this, and I'm like, I'm not going to be able to eat stir fry for a while. <laughs>
1: jokes on you i'm into that i'm gonna make
2: (laughs) roxy mam cannibal
1: mammable mammable don't call me a mammable you made it not cool
2: anymore is that like a granimal
0: i think you're only a mammable if you eat other mams specifically so we better watch out andy
2: you were technically closest to me i gotta go (laughs) I had to think about that for a second.
1: <laughs> uh, and it was, it was so predictable because, like, you know, he just happens to be making steak at the same time he's making this meat. I was like, oh, my God. well, There's going to be a fuck up. What happens is he's even cooking in different pans. Like, he has, like, declared,
0: like, the Conway fan. <laughs> but then, like, he does something. Like, he slams his hands down on the table and the bowls fall over and he puts the bowls back together. They're the same bowl. He puts them back on the table. And that's when the mix-up happens.
1: And he fucking loves it. Yeah. He loves it. And Grace Jones is like, you enjoying your meal? <laughs> you liking that meat? This is the first chapter, folks. <laughs> this is this is chapter one. This is this.
2: <laughs> ah. I am gonna take this moment and I'm going to be that ma'am. I didn't like Grace Jones. I did not trust her. I thought she was a conniving bitch, but that's just a cat. So Yeah, I mean, she was just a cat. She, but she just reveled in all of his pain. And I was like, God. It made me respect her. <laughs> there was
1: a lot
0: of moments of her being like, Zach, I told you not to do that.
1: <laughs> and to be fair, he just
0: listened. Yeah, he would have had less trouble if he had listened. But also, she was an Eldritch horror. Some sort of old god, you know. Who
2: held eye contact with him while shitting on his shirt.
0: Yeah, which was (laughs) hilarious. That's later (laughs) on in the book, though. We gotta
2: gotta stay in the timeline. That
0: is how you show dominance. (laughs) (laughs) If you need to show dominance to anyone in your (laughs) life, just hold direct eye contact and shit on their favorite shirt. (laughs) The
1: ma'ams do not... Hold yeah, we themselves do themselves respond no we're responsible for any <laughs> actions you take due to the things we tell you to do we are just a comedy podcast please for the love of fuck don't <laughs> don't sue I, us
2: yeah that's true but also do it, do
1: it. <laughs> Shit on their so anyway
0: strikes <laughs> up a deal if with someone's gonna cat. call you a crazy ex-girlfriend or crazy girlfriend
2: make them earn it Anyway, <laughs> we're going we're to let the responsible ma'am talk now. Yeah, the responsible, responsible chaos, <laughs> one that's joking about cannibalism. This yeah. is how
1: far we've fallen. Anyway, so- oh, how the tides have turned.
2: Listen, um, we're like a vampire, a werewolf, and a ghost having a podcast right now. The vampire's got to <laughs> handle shit.
1: I'm trying to keep them together. We've got an <laughs> HOA and everything, and someone's shitting <laughs> on the lawn, and someone's scaring children, and I'm just trying. <laughs>
2: Weirdly <laughs> enough, it's the ghost sitting on the lawn. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> It's ectoplasm <actibles of> everywhere. <laughs> Stop it. Okay, sorry.
1: Okay, podcast. Anyway, so he strikes up a deal that he will feed her little by little the leftover bits of Alistair, who has fallen down the stairs and died. All the stairs. <laughs> I just love that y'all didn't know. No. Stairs. I'm so, I'm so upset. upset.
0: I'm so, I'm, g- good job, Christian. I didn't even yeah. consider it. I just,
1: just like, a name, that's, a name, so that's so a name. me. So I wanted to make the joke in our group chat, and I was like, wait, but if they don't know, <laughs> this <laughs> would be an amazing Yeah. No, yeah, no. I, had,
2: I was so, too busy being horrified by, you know, cannibalism. Anyway. I, I was too busy just scared. thinking,
0: man, Alistair is such a douchey name for a joke. <laughs> Like, I didn't even consider the stare thing. I was like, of course
1: he's named Alistair Conway. Of course.
2: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So,
1: So, okay. All right, ma'ams. Let's get into it. The deal is that he will continue feeding her bits of Alistair so that it disappears over time. Because remember, he has like a whole summer, right? And also Um, a whole body. (laughs) And a whole body. And she promises him like towards the end of it, she will help him dispose of it. And he's like, okay. However, his side of the bargain isn't that he has to, you know, eat the flesh. You know, only one time she's like, I just want you to know what it's like. Then you can just go ahead and pursue your desires in another way. Go ahead and have a ton of sex, have fun, no strings attached. Which to a 21-year-old who's had to be closeted his whole life, score, you know? That's his one project for the summer. Anyway. So he starts getting to it. And his first contact
2: is Ben. I
0: was like, ben. I because we didn't really know the whole progression of the story when we get to Ben. Cause our yeah. only, like we only knew, okay, Alistair died. Are all of them going to die? Because I was worried that was the case. And we got to Ben. I thought Ben was going to die. And I was yeah. like, Oh,
3: Oh, I thought no. Ben was going to die too, and I'm
0: like, no, he's like 19, don't kill Ben. And you know, Ben, Ben is a confused
1: guy. He's, yeah, he, he connects with Ben, who was like a greater two below him. And Ben is like, well, since I know you, do you want to just go get coffee? Do you want to just talk and be friends? Because I think, because Ben is still in this hometown, and he doesn't really have a lot of queer friends. So he just wants to connect and it's very sweet and very awkward and genuine and the the conversations i feel are written very well christian did a very good job having like that genuine awkwardness <laughs> when you're younger you know
2: and, and and the genuine like like i would drive around with a buddy of mine and have conversations about how i felt oh, like yeah. i was bisexual and she's like well you know it's a sin." So just ask God to forgive you for it. And I was just like, Oh God, Ben, bless your heart. You can tell he
1: is a lot earlier on his journey than Zach is because there are moments where they flirt and then Ben feels very guilty. And he, he asks Zachary, are you still going to church? You know, how's your relationship with God? Oh, that Um, question.
0: I love Ben so much. I feel so bad for Ben. Ben is so deeply closeted and guilty and denying himself it because of religion. And just the, how is your relationship with God? The amount of times I've been asked that fucking question, I was like, oh, Ben. <laughs> ben, how's your relationship with
1: God? Let's talk about how you feel. Well, we kind of learn a bit about how he feels because at the coffee shop, they run into a couple that I personally feel I have known many times in my life. I went to a Christian college. So did Andy. And I know, I know Andy's got some feelings and will probably agree with what I'm about to, went to high school with who already have kids very young, very smiley, very, how are you? Very genuine, warm, you know, megawatt smile with nothing behind it. just. How are you? How have you been? What happened to you was so wrong. Even though they laughed about the video at the time, the video that is bully spread around. There are people in the South who, and I am someone who's been raised in the South my whole life. I, I've been to a Christian college. I had a Bible and ministry minor. I have been very entrenched in this culture. There are people who will be nice and not kind. They will be very nice to your face. They will be, and I I don't want to single out a single religion because you will find this in a lot of communities as well. But specifically in Southern religious communities, I feel that there is that very layer of nice with nothing beneath it and no meat to it. And this interaction took me back there. It was insane how well-written this was. You can tell Christian has experienced this.
0: Yeah, that entire conversation was so uncomfortable. You were seeing it from Zach's perspective, but like Zach knew that even Ben was uncomfortable. Ben, someone who was still going to church, presumably with these people, did not feel comfortable with them. And their fake, fake friendliness, like, oh my God, I was, it made my skin crawl. It reminded me of so many people that I had previously gone to church with. The ones who are all smiles to your face And then you know that if you did one thing wrong, they'd be gossiping about you at the next, you know, after mass luncheon or whatever.
2: I didn't believe in ghosts until I came back to my small town Christian community because trying to talk to those people is like trying to talk to a brick wall. Yeah. There's nothing there. I, uh, sorry, this is my personal experience. I have nothing against anyone of any religion whatsoever. Practice what you want, do what you want. It's none of my business. None of your business what I do. Okay, I had a best friend that I came back from college and we struck up a friendship, and it, it became one of those things where after you lose someone, you know that that platitude of well, it's all God's plan, and you know He's going to make it the best for you, and it and it, they think they're being so kind and so sweet, and and it's just like you just want to snap their little Christian necks. <laughs> <laughs> that's what this conversation felt like to me Yeah, was very much like you have no idea what you're talking about you're just as lost in this funnel this fucking river ride as I am you have no fucking clue what's going on shut up just don't be an asshole and you can't even manage that sorry so
1: Zachary sees Ben in this situation and and knows enough to stand up for himself and get himself out of it and he recognizes how Ben is very uncomfortable I guess it it tugs at his heartstrings and he decides to kind of lead the conversation and get them out of there so that they're not forced to go to Bible study with them. And then they get in the car and they start talking. And like Andy said, they do that thing where you just drive around and you chat, you know, and you catch up. What me and my friends used to do is we would go to Sonic, get a few drinks, you know, drive to a park chat as you do when you're young in a small town. And I, I was really feeling for Ben. Some very heartfelt conversations happened. And as Ben is also young and very eager, some things transpire in the car and they do things.
0: (laughs) They have oral sex in the car.
1: Um, thank you. Thank you for translating. You're welcome.
0: Thank you. Thank you. It's,
1: it's over
0: eager and clumsy, but. Zach gets the feeling that this is not Ben's first time doing so, even though he said it was, because he's too good at it. Like, this clearly, it can't be his first time, because there's a certain level of knowing what you're doing, even if you're still clumsy, Ben seemed to have. And that's when it gets a little bit darker in regards to all of it. And we learn that, please note the content warnings, that Ben had been to a religious leadership camp. And one of the leaders at the camp, who very well could have been only a couple years older than him, someone like Alistair or Robert, the guy who was at the coffee shop. Maybe that's why he was so upset. There's no really, he doesn't say who it is. But a guy who was a few years older than him, encouraged him to touch him wherever he wanted and explore his body in a tent when they were alone together and Ben did so and it was like the first time that he really experienced touching another man like that but right after it happened and right after Ben performed probably very clumsy and not very good but still their oral sex on that guy that guy immediately was like this was a mistake we gotta pray and then had them pray together and said, you can't tell anybody about this, but God's going to forgive us because we have prayed about it. And the, you can't tell anybody about this, is the biggest fucking red flag. And, you know, poor Ben, you know, this is his first gay experience with a guy who is making him a dirty little secret. Who is in a position of power above him. Who is somebody who immediately tells him this was a sin and we have to pray about it but also we can't tell anybody it obviously very much warps ben's sense of his own sexuality and we see that because immediately after the blowjob in the car is done ben wants to pray about it and zach tries and then he's like all right i'm
1: i'm out i can't keep doing this and they speed off one because they think they see a cop coming but two, because a man has been watching them. Yes, um, uh, a weird drifter guy with blonde hair. <laughs> so they they leave. And I, I did still very much feel for Ben. And I was very happy to find out he did not get murdered and eaten. Yes. But it was so bittersweet. It was so bittersweet to see because he had that connection with someone who said, that wasn't right what happened to you. I'm queer also you're not alone. And then that immediately we should pray about this. This was wrong. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Zach was genuinely trying to reach out to Ben and try and tell Ben it wasn't wrong. Like that what happened to him was wrong, that the guy at the leadership camp shouldn't have done that. That guy did take advantage of him in that moment, but being gay wasn't wrong. And Ben just couldn't accept it at that time. And I'd like to think that later in Ben's future,
2: he has a better ending. He has a husband and three kids and they raise adopt, or they adopt a dog every year from the local kill shelter.
0: Yes, exactly. That's what I'd like to hope for Ben because Ben was just such a sweet guy. And we do see him again later throughout the book. Like we see him multiple times. He's a sweet guy who's very confused and has just had the worst a very bad experience, much like Zach growing up queer in a small heavily religious town. Now I do want to note one thing that I could not figure out in this book. Is it set in North Carolina or Indiana? I have no
2: fucking clue.
1: <laughs> it is set in Indiana, huh I think
0: well, there's but two mentions of Indiana, multiple mentions of people from North Carolina.
1: <laughs> yes. some of the two of the characters I believe are from North Carolina. Which makes it confusing. But I, I think it's Indiana. I think. Because there well, is a Fairview,
0: North Carolina. And then they mention, like, a town of 90,000. Asheville is about 90,000. Asheville is mentioned. But also, Indiana is mentioned twice. <laughs> and, but, but also, Christian Baines is Australian and living in Canada. So, if he fucked up and thought these were the same place, I can't fault him.
2: What? The, okay here's here's my here's why I think it's in Indiana okay and then I'll let it go okay because someone was on their way to do work in Chicago
0: yeah that that was a part that made me think it was Indiana
2: it was just North Carolina was so specifically mentioned multiple so times. so many times that I'm just
0: like North Carolina represent? <laughs> yeah God damn it yeah I just I don't generally I don't know if one was meant. And then they changed, like he changed which one he wanted, and then forgot to change all the references. Mm-hmm. Or if it is just, it's in one of them, Indiana, and just a lot of people are from North Carolina, and Asheville is mentioned for some reason, like she- yeah.
3: go! <laughs> it, it's just like
0: I don't, I don't know. I I couldn't figure it out. Christian, let us know: is this in Indiana or North Carolina? I understand you're Australian and living in Canada.
1: I, this isn't I your do, country.
0: I, I'm i just confused where we're located.
1: <laughs> he did a very good job with the Asheville hippie line, though. Yes, That's yeah. Someone in Asheville <laughs> yeah. right now. There are, there are older hippies everywhere. It was a very good line. So one thing we didn't mention
0: is that shortly after eating the meat, as we are calling it, the Alistair special, the Conway delight, Zach had a dream, a really sexy and disturbing dream, that I've just been calling the orgy dreams.
1: (laughs) I don't know what else you would call it.
0: Yeah. Just the orgy dreams the weird orgy sex ritual dreams with the the eating. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so they eat a
2: mummy. I don't know. Yeah.
0: I, I have a bit of a section here. It was the knocking Zach noticed first, the loud knocking of wooden poles on a stone floor. He opened his eyes to see four women dressed in white, each more statuesque than the last, striking the ground with the ends of their staves. The first almost seemed to float, peering at him from under a fringe of long white hair that obscured her features, while the second regarded him with a mysterious smile. Elegant tattooed dots decorated this one's face, from the outer corners of her eyes down to her neck. The third woman's head was shaved completely to the scalp, and a thick silver chain hung around her long neck. The last stood several inches taller than the others, long red hair flowing over her shoulders, her face untouched by makeup. She regarded him with kindly fascination. Crack! The poles came down again. Camphor smoke singed his nose as the last woman turned her back. Zack heard drumming in some room nearby. Then, the high, wordless singing of unseen sopranos, followed by... cats? Not the meowing of domestic felines demanding tin sacrifice, but the gentle skittering of wild paws and sharp claws on the stone floor. Dozens and dozens of them. Zach watched as they surrounded the woman, who kept up their steady rhythm in perfect unison. Several cats rubbed against the white-haired woman's ankles, but got no response. And then let me skip forward a little bit. He jumped as one of the live furballs screeched, earning a sharp hiss and a low growl from another. Cats scattered as the four men lowered the leader to the floor between them. With heads still bowed, the four men withdrew to the stone step where Zach was sitting. He didn't know whether to be relieved or insulted that the two now stretched out on either side of him and ignored his presence. At least they hadn't noticed the indiscriminate bulge in his jeans. The man sitting closest to Zach turned his head and stared at him. Tattooed dots like the ones he'd seen on the women moments before. Climbed the right side of his neck, tracking up his face to the corner of his eye. The man winked at him. Zack wanted to die. He turned back to the shrouded figure only to feel the heat of the tattooed man's body as it leaned closer. Cool fingers caressed his jaw. He leapt back at the pale god's tongue brushed over his mouth. The man's smile wasn't the nasty, condescending smile he would have expected. From a ten, stringing along a horny five. Okay, six on a good day, but a soft, good-natured smirk. The cat swarmed the shrouded body, sniffing at it and climbing it with an agile, curious innocence. His admirer cast a lazy glance towards the other three men as each explored their own form of carnal pleasure. The smallest of the four, who seemed younger than Zack, though his hair was the whitest among them, masturbated furiously as the broad-shouldered blonde wrapped a thick arm around the shoulder of the red-headed woman and began kissing her neck. She tilted her head to welcome his affection. The man lifted his arms and put them behind his head, watching as the one who fixed on Zack leaned in for another kiss. Zack recoiled instinctively, then stopped. Resistance, shame, hesitation. He spent enough of his life in that unholy trinity of shadows. Zack threw himself onto those mountainous shoulders and speared his tongue deep between those thick lips, relishing the heat of the muscular body beneath his fingertips. He didn't know what taste he'd expected, but the man's kiss was so much sweeter, like fresh melon drizzled with honey and a lick of salt. When Zack broke free, the guy looked faintly stunned, even as Zack began a long trail of
2: kisses down his throat and chest.
1: And then there's a, uh, a lot of sauciness.
2: There's a lot of pussy in this gay sex book. Okay, I'm good.
1: God damn it! You were just waiting to say that!
2: Yeah, I've been holding on to it for a few minutes. Okay, sorry.
1: So Uh, I want to say I had a visceral reaction to gentle skittering. Gentle (laughs) skittering. That doesn't belong it doesn't belong in my orgy scene. <laughs> I don't need gentle skittering.
2: Only you can prevent gentle skittering in your orgy
1: scene. Horrified, I am. I am horrified.
0: <laughs> so Zach has this dream, and it is after he has imbibed the meat, as we're calling it.
1: <laughs> sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to make that face. Like I know we're calling it the meat, but like I don't know if it makes it better.
2: That was literally what you
1: wanted you to call it. You wanted to call it, it. Oh, it the meat.
3: Call- is it
0: just the emphasis I'm putting on it—the meat? I don't know anymore. <laughs> this book is here.
2: Arby's. We have the meat. We have
0: the meats. Is this episode just called the meat? <laughs> Arby sponsor us
2: today. <laughs> Arby sponsor us. It's probably not made with human. Wink. Oh uh, no. So Zach has started having these
0: weird dreams of. Orgies with cats eating humans, like bodies, and there's orgies happening at the same time. It, it seems to be like a flesh for flesh kind of deal. The cats are eating the dead body. The people are fucking. The, the flesh is fleshening, You know, it's a whole thing. He wakes up very
1: confused and very horny. I'm sorry, go ahead. I have a question yes. about the meat. Yes, the meat. Real quick. Speak of the meat. Is there a thing as an anti-sponsor, like a company that like goes out of their way to say, hey, don't consume this? <laughs> Arby's would do that to us.
2: Can we get hate fucked by Arby's for yeah. wallet? Arby's, please. will you hate fuck us, please? <laughs> please. please. Please hate fuck and us, And push us down the stairs after. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if we get that Arby's money, I am fine with that.
1: Yeah, Arby's. Sorry, Corinne. I, I just had to, before it ran out of my brain in fear, I had to ask. So, Arby's, Um,
0: please hate, fuck us, and then have us trip down your stairs. uh,
2: If we were ever going to have sponsors.
1: (laughs) We're not anymore. Well, it's not not going to be
2: Arby's. (laughs) No. Unfortunately. Their chicken tenders have milk in them, but they hit so hard. I love them. I
0: haven't had Arby's in a long time. I do want to say, Game Grumps courted Wendy's for a very long time and eventually did get a sponsorship. But it took years.
1: But they didn't ask them to hate fuck them. No, they yeah, didn't. So- and eat them.
2: <laughs> we have an advantage we, Yeah,
1: we've asked them to hate fuck
2: us. They'll remember the podcast that wanted them to hate fuck them. Roxy's like, where's who do I turn my resignation into? <laughs> How do I unman myself? <laughs> How do I quit, actually?
1: <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> uh, the meat. That's where we were at. The meat seems to be
0: bringing Zach some dreams. And those dreams leave him very horny, which seems to fit his plans because he is just looking to fuck. And Grace Jones thinks that's a great idea. (laughs) Which I think it's weird when your cat has thoughts about your
1: sex life. (laughs) Oh, the cat well, goes out. They don't, they're not allowed in the room. Get
2: out of here. I, I was going to say, I don't know how many people can, sh- like, truly empathize with that experience, Corinne, but <laughs> you know what? If you can, more You know, I'm saying my cat doesn't have
0: any thoughts about my sex life, so I think it's weird that his cat has thoughts about his sex life. My cat, Wait, I'm go just saying, my, my cats are not involved. <laughs>
2: nope. Normally, we are on, like, we are goofy, silly, like, on some sleepover energy when we record these. This is the most cursed <laughs> we have been. Well, I mean, given the source
0: material. Fair. We're starting Air. it cursed. The, the only way, place we can go is down.
2: I guess. I don't but...
0: want to go down. <laughs> down, down, down.
2: It's time to talk about the dishwashing liquid. <laughs> Dawn? <laughs> Cascade.
1: Oh, Cascade. Another potential sponsor. Please hate fuck us. <laughs> Please hate fuck us, Cascade. Is, <laughs> Just, is mad. this episode called Please Hate Fuck Us? Insert
0: sponsor here. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, that's the name.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. That break was not long enough <laughs> no. for us to get that shit out of our bodies. No, it was
0: not. We were not ready. So... The next, Chapter three. The next man that Zach hooks up with is Cascade. I don't know if I have the the description of Cascade specifically bookmarked. I don't know if anybody wants to, that directly, like read. But I could give the vibe of Cascade if that helps. So the vibe of Cascade is he's older than Zach, at least ten years. So he's an older guy, but he's very much kind of wanting to relive his youth. He is. An old goth, like an an elder goth. He's living a standard life now. He's married with a husband, but he still has the piercings. He still has, you know, in his photo, he still had the long hair, but it's long since been cut short. And he has this kind of magnetic energy about him where he will talk to people and it should seem condescending or pretentious. But when, when he's focused on someone, they feel like they're the only person in the room. This seems to happen with everybody he talks to, baristas, like just anyone he encounters who he turns that megawatt energy on, they feel seen by Cascade. And Zach very much clings to that. Zach wants to be seen. And so Cascade kind of becomes this long running fascination that Zach has where he wants to continue something with Cascade, which Grace Jones does not approve of. But Cascade is married. And while it is an open marriage, It is an open marriage with rules in which he is not supposed to have repeats and he's not supposed to have sleepovers. And Cascade immediately broke that rule and had a sleepover with Zach staying the night. And that was the first time Grace Jones made a fucking mess because she didn't like that he wasn't there to feed her dinner or breakfast, whichever it was. On the topic of Cascade, I started reading about Cascade and it immediately reminded me of one of my exes, the one who broke my heart first, you know, that first heartbreak, that person who made you feel seen and made you feel wanted only to have too much shit going on in their own life and then to choose somebody else over you. And so, like, I was reading these Cascade scenes and I'm like, Zach, this is bad news. Zach, this is not going to turn out well for you.
1: I agree with Grace Jones. Yeah, I agree out. with Grace, Grace Jones. Jones.
0: Like, I understand the magnetism. I understand that personality that makes you feel seen like you're the only person in the room. But he's got too much baggage. Do not go down that route. And I don't know. I just, Cascade was this whole journey for me where I'm reading and I'm like, Oh, I was this dumb once. Yeah, I I did this. <laughs> Granted. My my Cascade was not married, thank God. And also not ten years older than me. <laughs> so I was less dumb than Zach, I would like to say. However, still very similar personality.
1: So I don't know if anyone I, else
0: would like to talk on Cascade.
1: I have to confess something. Besides Alistair, obviously. And um, we do come across some people who are kind of douchey. Cascade was my least favorite. I cascade came across as someone who sweeps you off your feet. Yes. Very banter heavy, very makes you feel special very much, you know, makes you feel good, makes you feel sophisticated, but at the end of the day, they're not there, they're with someone else I. I felt that Cascade was very, almost like overcompensating for how his life actually was. Yeah. And you see the reality of it, and you see that he's been married to this partner who he's getting bored of, which made me upset because that's just a whole shitty situation to be in. And I am also very wary of people who have that level of charm with no substance beneath it yeah and who are very immensely likable but where will they actually be when you need them and there were there are moments later on because cascade is one of the ones that as corinne said does stick around for a bit you know he is within the story he's peppered within it isn't killed and eaten you know spoiler but there are moments that zach reaches out and he gets no reply until he doesn't respond for a long time, and then Cascade is the one reaching out, like, "Oh, hey, too good for me." Like, it just—I didn't like Cascade. I did. I felt he made me feel concerned for Zach. I, yeah. I don't know how to put it into words. Maybe I'm getting too therapisty about it. No, I mean, um, I think that's completely
0: valid. I mean, my entire feeling on Cascade was that he is that kind of person that makes you feel seen. But that's not necessarily a good thing. It doesn't mean
1: he actually sees you. It doesn't mean he really sees you. Yeah, Yeah. just because he makes you feel good and he knows what to say and he's older and more experienced. Yeah,
2: why is he not with people his own age? Yeah, I, I find it kind of terrifying because I liked Cascade. So now that you're like explaining all these red flags, I'm like, oh, well, that's the thing
0: about Cascade. I have fallen for a Cascade before, like. I have been in that position, you know, I have been in the position of someone falling for someone like Cascade, where they're very charming, they make you feel seen, they make you feel wanted, they make you feel like you're the only person in that room, and they are. They seem so interesting to you, they know so much, but at the end of the day, you end up being the person that you're not at the top of their list, because they are at the top
1: of their list. When, when you get confused, I'll say it every dang episode this comes up, look at their actions, not their words. Because if we look at his actions, he was only there for Zach when it was convenient for him. He was only, he didn't respect any boundaries. He bulldozed over them like they didn't exist. He didn't convey in earnest his own diagnosis. Yeah. He just said, yeah, I listed it in my profile, you should have read it. Putting that responsibility back on Zach made me feel kind of icky. You know, once again, I will say though, that I do hate that there is a stigma with those who navigate HIV and AIDS. It is, it is manageable nowadays. It is nowhere near how it used to be. However, the way he addresses it to Zach made me feel not okay not okay yeah and i I looked at his actions and not his words and i i hated him the most besides alistair and i'm sorry i'm sorry i just i just well i feel (sighs) like that cascade was
0: the most self-serving besides alistair uh yeah ben was just a lost kid you know he's 19 he's confused the others who we haven't gotten to yet, you know, we will talk about them. Like, I really like someone who's coming up. He was yeah, my favorite. Yeah, yeah. yeah me too. Yeah. I yeah.
3: You're talk about. Yeah,
0: he was my favorite. I loved him. He was great. And we'll definitely be reading a sex scene from him because in his profile, it said, sex is supposed to be fun. And I was like, yeah, it is. But yeah, I think we're not done talking about Cascade yet. But I just want to say, like, Cascade, very charming. But... When you've had experience with a cascade or when you read in the actions of a cascade,
2: you see kind of the type of person they really are. I have no intention of putting this emotional labor on you guys. However, I'm very happy to have you maams, because I would not have noticed. (laughs) And if I ever have a cascade in my life, I probably won't notice. I'll probably just assume they're trying to do the right thing. So...
1: So, so fun fact, and I'm comfortable talking about this. Uh, I've talked a bit about it on the, the show I host. My dad is very much a Cascade like character. He is very much a ladies man. He is very charming my whole life. Well, my parents are divorced. So they have been for, for years now, like 20 years. And my dad's been single. He has always had female friends and he has always been very charming very much like a little middle eastern james bond okay i (laughs) kid you not him in like coat and tails (laughs) i was raised by someone who i saw could be very charming and know the very right things to say to people but that doesn't mean they're actually there for them i didn't like it i didn't like cascade didn't like him yeah And I also don't like when there is such an age dynamic going on as well. Now, I will say when you're older, like 40 and 50, that's it's fine. But there is a huge difference in who you are when you're 20 and when you are 30. Yeah. And I think Cascade was like 38, I think. Yeah. Yeah. There is a huge difference in who you are and the experience you have. Didn't like him. Didn't like him.
2: And just to clarify, not that I think this would ever be a read that anyone would get from this, but I just, for the in the abundance of caution, we are not talking about, in particular, okay, when we talk about him being married, we are not dissing on open marriages or non-monogamous no, no, no. relationships at all. Do your fucking thing, all right? Live your well, best Well, and there
0: is even Amazing. a better example of,
2: of this yes. coming up. Coming up. Uh, yeah. But just a blanket statement, we are not being like, oh, my God, you weren't aware that guy who was married? Ooh. It's because of the boundaries he it's, crossed. Yes. Yeah. And the boundaries that he unintentionally let Zach cross. Without telling so Zach what those boundaries yeah. were. Yeah. Because
0: he didn't tell Zach, I'm not allowed to have overnights. I'm not allowed to have uh-huh. repeats. Up until he'd already had an overnight. And then he's like, I'm going to make an exception and have repeats with you. You know, like...
1: And then again, it's that icky thing yeah. of making the person feel special yeah. that just gets to me. Yeah. Like, oh, these rules exist, but I'll break them for you. Okay, how many times have you done this? Let's be real. Yeah,
0: how many people have you broken these rules for? You you say you're getting bored of your spouse. You know, like, talk to your fucking spouse. And Grace Jones is so right about Cascade. Like, she is so anti-Cascade, and it is hilarious. And she's like, do not hit yourself to a man with a failing marriage. Like... <laughs> yeah that's oh yeah that is <laughs> such agree. real advice do not hit yourself to a man with a failing marriage like that's uh, you're gonna end up with heartbreak it's not gonna turn out good
2: or you're gonna be a 21 year old in the middle of a nasty 40 year old's divorce yes
0: yeah
1: and things are not gonna be good for you for a very long time nope anyway <laughs> Yeah, that's our thoughts about Cascade. He does this whole shtick where he takes them to a movie theater and they talk about the good old days Yeah, and, you know. It's it's fine. It's fine. And there are moments you genuinely do start to like Cascade, but the, the facade can only be on for so long and he does walk away and go on to another person. Yes. Who... <laughs> Oh my god.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So the next one is Dorian. Oh, well, first, before, okay, before we move on to Dorian, I did have one section of Cascade that I wanted to read. It is a sex scene. But this is the first time we see Zack allowing himself to be vulnerable during sex. Because he's always been the one in control up until this point. So he allows himself to be vulnerable with Cascade, which I think is very much what cascade is looking for he's looking for someone to be vulnerable with him he wants to be the most important person in that person's life the man slowed only a little everything okay yeah don't oh fuck everything was more than okay cascade's slick cock pushed inside sometimes bringing pain other times odd relief that seemed to heighten each time zach let him go deeper he heard whispers of that's it nice and easy feel good and other platitudes from Cascade but he was too busy gulping in air letting his head fall back and keeping himself steady to answer it was as if the pressure of Cascade's lush flowed to the tip of Zach's cock which lolled about threatening to release and end this all too soon how much longer could he take it he wasn't exactly used to this even as Cascade dived upon him sealing his lips with a kiss that blocked any protest Zach felt himself choking but he was happy to choke and at least for as long as someone made him feel like this he at last relaxed enough to put an arm behind his head. Cascade saw his window of opportunity and pounced, gently sucking Zack's nipples before lavishing his collarbone pit and inner arm with the same attention. It was more than Zack could resist at Cascade's belly brushed his cock. He felt the sweet white seeds spread between their bodies just as just as Cascade moaned with his own eruption. And then continued. Cascade's shrinking erection forced Zack to let go, and let go he did, feeling a warm tear on his face, then another. Hey, Cascade whispered. No hickeys, I promise. Zach laughed, wiping off the tears and relaxing into the pillow. He pushed his fingers through Cascade's hair and guided the man's head to where it could rest on his shoulder, lips his, lips against Zach's cheek. You're crying, Cascade licked another damp drop from his cheek. Everything okay? Yeah, Zack tightened his hold. Kissing. Cut? I don't know. That's the point. It's kind of hokey. I don't know if there was a typo there. It's supposed to be Cascade. <laughs>
1: so andy i want you to know i thought of you while reading this because i started realizing there was a pattern there's a lot of nipple talk <laughs> I, forgot God. I was gonna bring that up There's
2: go for it i this is gonna haunt me for the rest of my career this is gonna haunt me for the rest nipples. of my career nipples. nipples i don't understand
1: every time i read a book now <laughs> that copiously talks about nipples i'm like and you
2: would hate this i have okay i i have nothing against nipples okay obviously like ev- everyone's got them it's fine i just don't understand i guess i guess mine are not the erogenous zone that everyone else's are so i don't understand the amount of nipple play that finds its way into every goddamn romance book anyway Sorry. This is a safe space for your nipple hatred. It's a safe space you for you to hate nipples. Just take scissors.
0: No! <laughs> no! no
1: this
2: is
0: the, no! this is the Eldritch book.
2: Don't do that book.
0: to my nipples. I just want to say, I actually have nerve damage in my butt, which is funny. <laughs> so, I <laughs> understand not getting people saying something is like an erogenous zone because, like, I can't feel my butt. Like... I can feel it, but only kinda. So like I'm like, but you, you brush against my butt. I don't feel it.
2: <laughs> Nipples are fine. I just don't understand copious amounts of nipple play. <laughs> Alright, anyway, I am
0: ready for Dorian if we want to get on to Dorian now. I just oh, I yes. just had to include Bye. I just had to include that bit with Cascade because it's the first time we see Zach being vulnerable. It was with fucking Cascade. So Dorian.
1: Fucking love Dorian. <laughs> I love Dorian too. Dorian is great. <laughs> so he meets Dorian due to deciding to switch some things up on his settings. After being vulnerable with Cascade, he kind of realizes I may be into some kinky shit. Uh, and he adds a kink tag to his profile. And that is how he comes across Dorian. <laughs> Dorian,
0: who is looking for a dom. He's going to be in town briefly while on business. And he's looking for someone to be a good dom to him for, you know, he's just like, come to my hotel, be a dom. That's all I want. That's all I need. I'm very upfront.
2: A tag we forgot. Slurs. Slurs.
0: Uh, yes oh not well, I, yeah. I did include homophobic
2: homophobia witch. okay never mind yeah. then we're good yeah so if if i can go on a, a, a mini rant about dorian he'll, he'll about probably dorian. be our shortest but i personally really loved how christian handled kink in this and how he handled the boundaries around kink because people that are experienced in kink will be like hating someone and fucking someone in an aggressive or mean like rough sex way is not kink it's just not there's a complete it is a completely different spectrum and while what what zach was looking for was rough sex he when he put on the kink tag and was looking for you know he was out there as a dom no, I will just warn you, do not make that mistake. It, they are completely different. I actually have that
0: that <laughs> exact conversation tabbed here as good kink. So, Dorian sighed, putting the toys back in the suitcase, staring through a crack in the curtains. Look, man, I'm not trying to be a dick, but your energy is super ner- nervous, like you're scared. I can't sub for somebody like that. Scared? Zach asked. Would you want to be flogged by someone with anger issues? I don't have... Exhibit A. Look, I'm not saying you're a bad person. You're just... Tense as fuck. Plus, you just told me that what you really like is humiliating these guys. That, to me, suggests that you have no idea what all this is about. A little sub time with the right dom might help with that. Zach took another sip of his drink. I don't think it'd suit me. Why not? Unable to stop himself, Zach swallowed. Trust issues? You don't fucking say. Was he ready to be dominated by another person or just by his cat? Great. Fucking great. Now he felt foolish. I like dominating the guys you mentioned. You mean these asshole guys? Dorian asked. Yeah. Do you trust them? No, Zach admitted. Do they trust you? I doubt it. Then you're not a dom. Well, it's not like we're doing breath play or anything. No rope or suspension either, I assume. No fisting, electro, cutting, scarring, whipping, punching, fire. Oh my god, who are you? Puppy play? Zach winced as Walker's stupid grinning face filled his memory. You just don't seem to have tried very much. Well, sorry, I'm 21, raised by rabid Jesus freaks. I never even had decent sex until almost a year ago. What do you want, exactly? Dorian frowned. But your profile said, 21. 31. No, it said 21. Zach grimaces. Dorian whipped out his phone and checked. I... Dorian squinted at him, looking for validation. Okay, apparently I'm the asshole. Sorry.
2: I... Yes, that was a very good representation of kink. And I can't speak for everyone, but I'm going to speak as a kinky person... You know from you know if you're a kinky person or not. Usually, like it's good to ex- explore and you know figure out what you like. But you usually are like, this is not a normal sex thing. <laughs> hmm. 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 Chin chin stroke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Roxy's down there like, oh dear Jesus, it's a fire.
1: <laughs> oh, I
2: I fucking love Dorian.
1: I I he was one of my favorites because. He he was just straight out there. He was like, is this what you're into? Is this what you're you're not into? You listed this on here, but why are you acting this way? What is your age? You know, he just very much was himself and very honest and god. <laughs> well, and the very interesting thing about Dorian is that
0: He was a sub in his personal time, but a dom for hire. He knew how to dom. It just wasn't what he actually liked to do, but it was his job. So, you know, the reason he wanted a dom is because he liked to have some sub time before he went to go dom because it put him in the right frame of mind. It got rid of any negative energy that he didn't want to transfer on to his clients.
2: Well, and it's also just really healthy in any sort of kink relationship to switch roles Mm -hmm. so that because if you have someone that's and I'm no expert I've not actively participated in the kink community I've kind of just been that weird guy in a trench coat like hey there (laughs) Uh, on the outside no well no I, I, I haven't been any clubs or anything but I understand the the protocols of kink okay and it's usually a good idea for a if you're looking for a dom to find a dom that has experience as a sub because otherwise they will not understand and they can't truly empathize and you're a lot more likely to get the shit kicked out of you instead of having good sexy times anyway andy's kink time is over i like dorian
0: <laughs> i think we all like dorian dorian was a very good place for zach to learn that he doesn't know shit about shit because zach very much like we're seeing this all from zach's perspective and zach felt like he knew what he was doing until he met Dorian. He met Dorian and he was like, I am afloat in a sea I do not understand. And I feel like he really needed to learn that. As somebody who was closeted, queer, growing up in a religious family, he went to Canada, he thought he learned everything. You didn't learn everything, bud. You're still 21. And Dorian really helped him learn that. I feel like every character here helped him learn something but that was what dorian helped him learn is that he he still has a lot of learning to do whereas he was the he was the guide for ben or at least trying to be dorian was the guide for zach being like dude
2: you need to sort yourself out (laughs) but yeah so i guess long story long with dorian they decide not to hook up and then dorian's client gets there and dorian practices as long as it's pre-established it's fine but dorian practices kind of some kink by leaving a guy there financial yeah well it's very much he just leaves the guy with a bag over his head in the middle of a room and says i'll be back when i'm back and goes give me your credit card yeah Yeah. which is it's a real thing but it's just very much like usually you don't want to leave someone completely alone like he fucking he fucks off yeah because him and zach go to f- mess around in a, in a public bathroom in a park <laughs> yeah
1: okay i've got so many notes about that scene
2: okay i uh, will let you go so
1: them starting to mess around in a oh, fucking nasty ass bathroom like i get it you know spur of the moment you know have fun you know whatever but the description that it Smelled like Grace Jones litter box in the summer made me want to vomit. Yeah, that scene. Have to tell
0: us that scene was very much meant to like. It was meant to not be sexy because having sex in a public bathroom isn't sexy. Like it's not, especially a park public bathroom. Like.
1: Like you've got your Target bathrooms, you've got your Barnes and Noble bathrooms. Yeah, you've got your upscale hotel bathrooms. Like, no,
0: this is a park bathroom. (laughs) Like a step above a porta potty. Yeah, like Christian really, really made us feel that this was not a sexy scenario at all.
2: (laughs) The face Andy is making. Face the face Roxy is making. It's not sexy.
0: It's not sexy. And they, they start getting, you know, down and dirty. And then the redneck Avenger shows up.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this guy comes out of nowhere because Zach is choking Dorian and he thinks, well, and also there is the F slur slung around. Dorian likes to use it with his clients and with himself. So this guy thinks that like a hate crime is going on. So he goes in and he punches that. <laughs> Which, like, I don't blame him. No. You know? oh. <laughs> that's
0: very that's so real of him. Yeah, to be to just be like, "Oh man, a hate crime's occurring. I'm a fix it." Punch. Hey, <laughs> see you know? <laughs> yeah.
1: And then and he realizes it was consensual and he's like, "Oh my bad." <laughs> and he kind of fucks off, you yeah. know. And Dorian leaves to like, get them popsicles and help with the swelling. Cause you know, Zach got punched. (sighs) And of course, Zach is still being messaged by Cascade. (sighs) Sorry. If you're watching the video, I'm very much rolling my eyes. I, (laughs) I just don't like him. And Cascade's like, oh, I haven't heard from you in a while. Are you having fun? You know? Even though he hasn't been responding to Zach. And he decides to drive down. And Dorian comes across the two of them. And is like, oh, fuck me, I guess. Okay, bye. Have a good life. And I felt so bad for Dorian. I... Felix is very
0: impulsive as we learn about him. He's the redneck Avenger. he shows up and punches people in bathrooms. he just oh. kisses people at random, but he the- shows up wow. Dorian goes to get popsicles to help with Zach's swelling face. Felix comes back and like, "Hey man, I'm really sorry, you know and they're talking and then he kisses Zach
1: and says, "You taste like
0: secrets
1: <laughs> Doesn't he also reveal that he was the one watching Ben and him? I
0: think he mentions that at this point. He either mentions that now or later. But yeah, he was the one who was watching Ben and him together. So he's just been skulking around and now he's saying Zach tastes like secrets. Like, as soon as he said Zach tasted like secrets, I'm like, he's coming back. There's something weird about this dude. This dude is eldritch weird.
1: <laughs> I want you to know, I always imagined Felix like Keith Urban. <laughs> okay.
2: I pictured Felix as specifically Kiefer Sutherland from The Lost Boys.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will send
2: a gift. That's a good one. Different Keiths.
0: <laughs> oh, see, I i am not—I'm not huge. Yeah.
2: That, that is... That's what I pictured.
0: Yeah, I was kind of imagining this because he kept saying he was, like,
2: sun-tinged.
0: I kept imagining Patrick Swayze in Point Break.
2: Oh. Here, let me give you a gif. I feel... We have three very different answers for the same man. Keith Urban. Fair. Yeah, this, is, this <laughs> that, is what I was imagining. That was Keith Urban. Patrick
0: Swayze in Point Break was my touchstone for this. I was... Like, I'm not super into blondes, like, blondes isn't, blonde isn't really my thing, but this is, this is the vibes I was getting. Because I kept saying he was, like, sun-kissed and, like, wiry and, like, mm-hmm. I was just thinking surfer the whole time. Uh,
1: I, I wrote down when we finally start talking to Felix and, like, getting to know him, I, I called him Krusty. <laughs> uh, it's like... He's the weird guy who uh, lives at the park. <laughs> Like, I mean, yeah, a guy can be hot, but he needs to shower.
2: He crusty.
1: <laughs> oh, that hair is grungy. <laughs> oh,
0: it's
2: either crunchy or it's so greasy.
0: It's just like slick.
2: Yeah. Either way, let's talk about Ethan.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Ethan before we talk about Felix. Oh. So Ethan, I was saying earlier, I really like Ethan. Yeah, I did too. I liked Ethan a lot. So Ethan is, he's bisexual. He says that straight in his profile. He is married in an open relationship. And he states the rules of the relationship right out of the gate. The only thing he doesn't mention is like that he's not supposed to leave wet spots on the bed. Which when it happens, he's like, oh shit, I need to wash his laundry. That's one of the rules. (laughs) You know, it's just like, yeah, that makes sense. Not something you just bring up automatically. But, you know. Like, and his his wife sometimes asks to see, like, the guys that he's sleeping with. Like, you know, it's very much an open relationship that seems pretty healthy. Beth, the wife, she does set her own boundaries with Zach, which I appreciated. I was glad she did that. But I think one of the really good things about Ethan is that he just, he thinks sex should be fun. And I was like, yeah, sex should be fun. Like, I, I just... Let me... Here we go. I have I have a specific note here that's... Fun sex! Zach pulled himself up, taking hold of Ethan's shoulders and drawing him into a deep kiss. Enjoying his smell. Pricked now with the first perspiration of sex. When he gently rolled Ethan over onto his back, Ethan didn't resist. Instead of putting his hands behind his head, allowing Zach to drink in the length of his body once more. There was something earthy about Ethan that Zach found compelling. Something grounded and tactile. He gently stroked the skin... Beside, each of Ethan's nipples with his tongue, earning a short, breathy laugh before he lapped at Ethan's pits and grimaced. Sorry, Ethan said shyly. Deodorant should have warned you. No problem, Zach wheezed before resting his chin against Ethan's chest, enjoying its steady rise and fall just for a few breaths, enough to get a hold of his sex again. He lifted Ethan's legs up onto his shoulders, enjoying the weight and strength of them against his chest. He was still oozing precum, his cock only a fraction softer, now resting on Ethan's balls. You ready to take that inside you? Couldn't be more ready. Zach needed no further invitation, stiffened by the warm timbre of Ethan's voice. He slipped his cock and Ethan's opening as quickly as he could and began easing in. Easy, easy. Thought you couldn't be more ready. Smart ass. He took a second to enjoy Ethan's quick intake of breath as he breached, and then the slow sigh as he slid the rest of the way in. Feel okay? Oh, oh man, that's a weapon you've got there. Zach smiled, deciding not to call out the familiar compliment. Or had his new lifestyle yielded more physical enhancements than he had first thought.
2: Huh. Score. (laughs) So a couple of things throughout this whole thing. He has, uh, Zach has slowly been experiencing like he's gotten some extra muscles. Like he's gotten kind of buffer. He just looks like the pinnacle of masculinity kind of. As
0: he eats more meat and has more sex. Yes,
2: as he meets the ritual's demands, essentially. The other thing, this is the second time someone has just gone in and licked someone's armpit. Go off if it's your kink, but I was just kind of like... Yeah, I was like, why does everyone keep getting in people's armpits? Why (laughs) is Christian...
1: Okay. Why is he shocked there's deodorant there? Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know if this
0: is something about gay culture that we don't understand, so I'm not going to say too much. Maybe there is, like, a... non-deodorant thing like
1: perspirant yeah like i don't know um there is something we do understand though and it is a note that did make me upset he talks about how open relationships are a thing mm -hmm. and he says by people especially yeah i was like "Mm -hmm." that made me very upset because that is a stigma that bisexual people especially like bisexual women Mm. get so much crap for yeah so much and get hounded over that
2: unicorn you know by the way all three of the mams identify as bisexual women yeah so just a heads up if you didn't know that about us this is a very queer podcast (laughs) yeah
0: we're all bi and i i believe like Currently, none of us are in an open relationship. There would be nothing wrong if we were, but we're not. And like we're just because you're bi doesn't mean you're looking for an open relationship. Like that's those those are two different things. There's polyamory and then there's bi. They're not connected. You can be no. bi and polyamorous, but you can also be bi and
2: not polyamorous, you know, like Listen, my husband was my first kiss. And I just cause I think tits are great doesn't mean that like i'm off chasing them every weekend you know what i mean not that there's anything wrong with it if you agree to it but but there's also rules to put in place like i have
0: lots of friends who are polyamorous but you know there's rules there's open communication it's very much like you set the the rules first you talk about it you meet each other's partners like it's a whole thing it's not just yeah, this one person gets to sleep with whoever they want. Like, that's not really how it works, necessarily. And I feel like there was a a misunderstanding, at least on Zach's part. I won't say this necessarily on Christian's part, because I can't speak to that. But at least on Zach's part, he did not understand open relationships.
1: He's very much a young kid who doesn't know shit yet. And is just trying to figure things out. And that line, just like, I can excuse the eating people, but like, you know... (laughs) But the bi- the biphobia esque, you know, yeah.
2: like, oh, bye people. That's a bridge too far for us. Yeah, yeah. come on, pal. Eat people come all on. you want, but
0: biphobia. Yeah, come on. <laughs> You're better than this.
2: Yeah, <laughs> come on, kid. We are with uh, the chosen one. Learn
0: what's what, son. Come on. <laughs>
2: And I
1: do think it's very funny that he didn't realize quite yet that he was bi, even though his username is literally like bi jock or something. Yeah, like bi jock sixty nine yeah. or something ridiculous. Like it was fucking it's like, silly. Kid, do you read? Do yeah, do you read? Anything yeah, like he anyway. well,
2: thought that Ethan's husband, like Ethan had a husband and not a wife not when a he wife, showed up there. Which I think is such an interesting, and I can't speak to the psychology behind it, but I think it's so interesting that he would just assume that his partners were all gay, like him. Yeah. And he would, anyway, but if, if I may, I want to get to my favorite character in the entire book. Yeah.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah, is <it> the
1: grandma? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. I know it. I know it. Yeah, um, so go ahead, go ahead. Lead us up to meeting her. Yeah.
2: So Zach is uncomfortable and kind of trying to get out, but... Uh, Ethan sends a picture of Zach to his wife and his wife like he's cute invite him to dinner my mom's coming over and Zach's like oh my god okay I guess and so he gives Grace Jones her offering but she doesn't want him going back to see Ethan so Ethan had actually his wife was a vegan didn't like meat in the house totally fine Ethan likes meat and we come to find out Ethan is a chef that's kind of later, but he sends, he's like, hey, Zach, can you, like, hold these steaks for me and I'll make them for us tonight? So Zach has them out and he's getting ready and stuff to go over. And Grace Jones, being the petty little shithead that she is, destroys them. And Zach's like, you know, there's probably not any steaks in my parents' freezer or I'm not going to go back to that butcher and get more steaks. I'm going to bring pieces of Conway <laughs> To this family gathering. And then, as soon
0: as he does it, he's like, Why the shit did I do this?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Roxy looks just broken.
1: I want to turn it into a GIF with, like, the PTS dog in the background. Like, Ring. just me staring in the distance the as you described it. The entire
0: this. dinner is a farcical comedy about Zach trying to get these steaks back after bringing them. Like, he brings them and doesn't realize it's a bad idea until he hands them to Ethan. And he's like, what the fuck am I doing? Because he finds out he's a chef. And he's like, a chef is
2: going to know what steak looks like. Yep. <laughs> this does not look like steak and when i okay to clarify when i say that grandma's my favorite character she's super duper problematic but she has one line that i'm like get it
1: oh yeah i have that line highlighted (laughs) I, i genuinely couldn't be mad at her because she felt like such a caricature yeah in every way racist homophobic islamophobic she just said everything that you imagine an awful person would say And I just, I couldn't be mad because it was so funny and obviously exaggerated. Like, this is Uh, the exaggeration of everybody's racist grandma. Like... (laughs) Yeah! Like, this just southern little shriveled hatred raisin... This woman who survives
0: on spite alone hates everyone who is not her.
2: (laughs) So, this is literally, like, it's a little exaggerated, but legitimately... I have a grandmother that is just like this. <laughs> Argumentative, horrible, constantly post. like, okay, th- I, I will cut this out of the podcast if I need to, but this is one of my favorite stories to tell. She posts on Facebook all the fucking time. One of the things she posted, I follow someone, Amp, from What's a Safe Word, shout out What's a Safe Word. They're amazing. He has a partner named Mr. Christopher. They do, you know, films, but... She posted a picture that was like, we need to go back to a time where men were men and they look like this. And it's a fucking gay porn star. And I've never told her that because I have no way to tell her that I know that he's a gay porn star. (laughs) <laughs> and and it's, it's still on her Facebook to this day. That is the
0: funniest shit. <laughs> oh,
2: this just reminds
0: me of how my friend Ethan trolls my mom on Facebook all the time. And he apologized to me once. And Bev and I were both like, oh, no, keep trolling my mom on Facebook. It is the funniest shit. Because my mom yeah. posts wild conspiracy theories on, like, town news articles. So, like...
2: <laughs>
0: yeah,
3: yeah.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. just, just unfortunately, people like that do exist, yeah. but they tend to embarrass themselves. <laughs> yeah. So, like, don't accept their behavior, but also, like, sometimes they take care of themselves. <laughs> these are true. Yeah, this is a, these are true stories. I, sw- in my hand to God, these are true stories about my racist, homophobic grandmother. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> awful. I
1: I want y'all to know we are not excusing this behavior at all. As someone who is half Middle Eastern and has Islamic family members, like obviously this is problematic and hurtful and awful, but there is just, it is just so funny how awful and bad she is. Like this, it's just the worst person imaginable you can think of. And
0: Um, I just imagine having dinner with this woman and this woman being a part of your family. And it just, it reminds me of the worst dinners I've had with my family because my grandmother was not a great woman. She wasn't quite this bad, but she was like on the edge. She would say things and you'd be like,
2: no, this grandmother of mine, I'll stop telling grandma stories, but we went to Denny's once on a road trip and the waitress, when we were checking out, was like, how was everything? And my grandma looks her dead in the face and goes, I've had better. (laughs) She's that woman. This woman. I was like,
1: "Grandma." and grandmas are either the sweetest fucking oh, things or they're. the meanest. Yeah, For both or they both. They can be very, very sweet and kind, but if you cross them, they are suddenly very sharp and more intelligent than you thought they were. See, just, I feel like shit. that's what my grandma
0: Barbara would have been like. She died when I was pretty young, so like I didn't get to know her as an adult. But she was from Kentucky. So, I feel like if I had gotten to know Barbara better. But I do know, she was not homophobic. Nice. Because nice. we're pretty sure she, at least at the near the end of her life, was dating her best friend. Ay. 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 Yeah, everybody in the family was like oh yeah you know she's living with her best friend <clears throat> her friend
1: barb <laughs> yeah so uh andy want to yes. tell us what turns eleanor into your your favorite
2: absolutely i do so she's pitching a bitch fit about not getting red meat because her doctor said she's not supposed to have any and beth essentially says fuck off whatever. And Ethan, and, or Ethan, and Zach is like, fine, if you can guess what cut of meat this is, because he manages to back into Ethan when he's bringing the meat. So only Zach has the Conway cut. Yeah, he right? has
0: one steak that is human
2: meat. One. And he's like, if you can manage to guess what this is, I will give it to you and eat your linguine instead. And she looks at it and she goes, you know, after some back and forth, she goes, sirloin, And he's like, ah, whatever. And so he gives it to her. And she pulls him aside right as he's getting ready to go and she's like i'm not an idiot boy i know that wasn't sirloin and he's like what and she's like did he deserve it and he's like yeah he did she's like good she knew it was human meat.
1: i'm telling you though southern women so many songs are about Earl beat his wife so we fed him to the gators and the sheriff <laughs> Like, so and we do it again well
0: and the one thing that i really love that she said is Never be the kind of man that deserves it, and I was yep. like, Oh, fuck. yeah, Eleanor Southern knows what's up.
1: Women, I don't know what it is, but like, there's always a story, yeah, of like someone who did something wrong to his wife, and the law wasn't gonna help, so the family did, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, and I you have just a feeling don't talk
0: about it. That Eleanor's husband died, uh,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: or uh, who's yeah. Eleanor, right? I think so, yeah. Eleanor's husband died under mysterious circumstances.
1: And you just don't
2: talk about it. That's the thing in the South. You just don't talk about it.
1: Eleanor is a piece of shit, but I ain't saying nothing. Mm -mm. Stitches (laughs) get stitches, bitch. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He had it coming.
2: Yeah. (laughs) He had it coming. Absolutely. (laughs) I'll drink to that. So she's a terrible person, but fuck horrible men. Fuck horrible men.
1: And women. Mm -hmm. Some women deserve to,
2: you know. Yeah. Wendy, did you freeze? We lost her. She got sent to the bayou. <laughs> the gators are going to get her. But yes, I, I'm going to be a, a bit of a, a a cruel mistress here. We are. I'm going to keep us moving. Yes, yes. Keep us well, moving. I think, yeah. we
1: only have, I think we only have one more chapter. Yeah, we just got Felix. Felix
2: left which is where shit gets fucked yeah
0: oh yeah we are we are closing in on the end because after ethan is felix
2: um last chance to check the content warnings for eldritch horror
0: yeah it's about to get fucking real folks you
1: think you're prepared
2: you're not you're not
1: and i love eldritch horror and i was just like what the
0: fuck yeah so Cascade comes to see Zach and they're supposed to have a night in. However, Zach has one of his weird fucking visions about orgies and pe- cats eating people. And, you know, as mentioned earlier, and this one, Grace Jones is becoming a big lioness and she's very strong and powerful and it's very scary, but also erotic. And all of this happens... While he's awake. Like he is not sleeping. Everything else has been a dream thus far. And Cascade is there. And apparently he has to bear hug Zach. Bring him to his bedroom. And lay him down. And he does wait. He waits for Zach to wake up. He puts Grace Jones in the basement. Because she was attacking him. Because she does not like him. And he waits for Zach to wake up. So like you know points to him. He could have just been like fuck it I'm out of here. But he didn't. At least you did the bare
2: minimum. He did the
0: bare minimum. He stuck around while someone was hallucinating. Zach wakes up and doesn't really know what happened. Cascade believes it was a hallucination. Zach doesn't really know how it happened, but he did have that kiss with Felix. And they kind of assume maybe Felix was on shrooms and somehow transferred shrooms to Zach, which isn't really how shrooms work. But they're just trying to find an explanation for why a person not prone to hallucination just started viscerally hallucinating in his living room. And so, after Zach wakes up, oh, I'm trying to remember the next thing that happens directly. Like, does, like, Cascade just leave? Like, does he go? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Just well, Grace
0: oh,
1: Jones. His yeah. parents
0: call. His yeah. parents call. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, Zach's parents call. And we find out that his parents are coming back early from their zealous Christian retreat because his dad was caught soliciting a sex worker. Jess, hey! <laughs> Roxy, you seem so concerned. And so his mom had to bail his dad out of jail. Is in complete denial that that actually happened. It almost 100% certainly did. It's never stated the gender of that sex worker, but you know who knows either way it was a very pious man doing considered unpious things
2: unheard of
0: unheard of blasphemous never 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 this is
2: my surprised face
0: it's so surprised it's a very straight face
2: this is the straightest thing about me besides my marriage <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway.
0: And so Zach is flipping his fucking shit. He, if Cascade isn't already gone, he is forced out the door. Like, I don't remember exactly the order of events here of when Cascade leaves. But Zach is flipping his shit because his parents are coming home. There's still a body in his freezer. Grace Jones fucking destroyed the basement while Cascade was there because she was mad at him about Cascade being there. That was when she got paint everywhere. She shit on something. She puked somewhere. She, like, took cascades, uh, not cascades, Alistair's head out of the freezer and like put it in the freezer like so the door was open. Turkey leg in his mouth
1: or something. Yeah, put a turkey leg in his
0: mouth or whatever. Like she flipped her absolute shit and Zach is, thinks it's it's done. Thinks everything is ruined. His parents are going to come home. They're going to be done. They're going to be back in less than a day and he's fucked like viscerally. How does, I, I don't quite remember. How
2: does Felix show up? so i think they meet up or i think zach goes back to the park yeah for some reason i think just like clear his head or something no he he ends up waking up at the park that's right yeah he he was in like a
1: drug stupor yeah um, hallucinating
2: all this crazy stuff So, sorry, Rakshi to interrupt you. Throughout this book, they're talking about something called poppers. I'm assuming that's a pill or or something. It's to help loosen the muscles down there. Yeah. Sexy time. So that's been a constant theme throughout this that we haven't brought up. But yes. So, continue. So he has hallucinated that
1: the real Grace Jones is down there talking to him. He's hallucinated his ex. He's just gone through all this stuff. And he wakes up at this park to Felix holding out a cup of coffee, being like, hey, buddy, what you doing here? I'm <laughs> <laughs> on this park bench, you know. And when you make the crusty guy who lives in the park concerned... You should reevaluate things.
0: Yeah, you should reevaluate your life when the crusty guy who lives in the park is c- c- more concerned about you than
1: you are about him. And and he starts talking to Felix and he's like I just need to ride back to my place if that's possible. And he gets him back over there. They get to talk and kiss him a little and he's like I don't have time to kiss, you know, I, I have to get ready because my parents are going to be here and my my cat has caused a huge mess downstairs and I've got stuff to clean up stuff i.e. a dead body and felix and him start talking and felix is like what's going on what's really you're hiding something
0: i tasted secrets on you yeah a a weird thing to say to a person which is when i immediately when he said that i knew he would be back at the end regardless of what his name being the last segment but i was just like yeah there's something weird about this guy. You don't say you taste secrets on someone. I've never said that to anyone in my life.
1: <laughs> going to go to my spouse and be like, You taste like secrets. You taste like secrets, Mevin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Wayne Bam, thank you, ma'am. Does not recommend doing that to your significant other. Anyway, is the, the, oh, nice is the episode
2: title You Taste Like Secrets? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, that's better than insert sponsorship here. Please fuck us, Please <laughs> and us with your wallet or whatever yeah. you decided on. And you taste like secrets and meow mix. <laughs> oh, I love that.
1: That's good. That's, that's good. That's, that's, uh, that's what I that should do. Yeah. Anyway, he's like, let's talk. Let's be real with each other. And Felix decides to tell Thackeray his greatest secret, which is that he has killed someone. He has yep. killed a man. Mm. And... Zachary is just like, oh, fuck. Okay, wow. Shows him the freezer. Tells him everything. After and a then, little bit of cajoling, because at yeah. first Zach's
0: like, "Oh, yeah. my
1: worst thing is blank," you know, and, yeah. and Felix is like,
0: "You're a liar, you're a fucking liar, <laughs> man." Um, but he does bring him down, show him the freezer, and Felix freaks the fuck out, which is hilarious. It's hilarious. Me. Yeah, it's yeah, so it's funny. amazing. It is the last thing you expected. For Felix has been such like a freak this entire time, is for him to have a completely rational response to a man in a freezer.
1: <laughs> but Grace Jones and Zach to combined are like, "Don't leave." And Grace Jones is like loving up on Felix, you know? But also, Zach is very wary of Grace Jones at this point because he's had that talk with his mother who has revealed that Grace Jones died before he arrived at their house.
0: Yeah, the prior spring, she had seemingly been hit by a car. And so at this point, he doesn't believe this cat is his cat anymore however there is a moment where he's like I could just and he's thinking about doing harm to Grace Jones and he's like I could never hurt her mm-hmm. even knowing that she is not the cat I raised I could never hurt her and I was like my heart I know she's a horrible Eldridge being but I couldn't hurt her either She's oh. so sweet. Look at her.
1: Look at her little Tobin. So this this whole fever dream happens, and you know, all this shit's going down. And Zach is just not okay. And he's found in the park. Felix comes to help him. Yada yada. They end up at Felix's. Felix freaks out and then decides, you know what? Okay. We can make this work. I can I can fix it. I can fix this, but I need three hours alone with
0: your cat.
2: <laughs> you think her <laughs> is making a joke? No. But she's not. If that's, that's it. That
0: is exactly what Felix requests. I need three hours alone with Grace Jones. And then Zach's like, all right, well, if you die, that's your problem. And he goes and tries to take a nap. He hears horrible screaming and eventually decides he should come check it out.
1: He shouldn't have come check it out. I, you would think that the talking cat or the cannibalism, you know, hell, even Dorian's gimp mask would have prepared me. Yeah. But no, Mm -mm. nothing prepares you for what Corinne is about to read. I see you whipping your Oh yeah, I'm looking.
2: May May I... I request something of our listeners. Remember the first time that you saw something that you truly, genuinely did not understand. And I'm not talking about a math problem. I'm not talking about something like that. I'm talking about like the first time you read a Telltale Heart and you didn't know why. You didn't, you couldn't picture it. You couldn't fathom. The first time you couldn't fathom something. I want you to put yourself in that place right now. And then, Corinne, I want you to read this.
1: I'm going to have to mute myself, so I don't fucking say something during this.
2: The
0: staircase creaked under his first step. He remembered Alistair's stunned face, that look of horror, and the rage as the man realized he was falling to his doom. Damn it, one death under his roof had been enough. He quickly reached the ground floor and listened. There were no more screams, not even a whine or whimper. Felix was either dead or playing a sick joke. Zack grasped the door handle and waited, hoping for any last noise or sign that Felix was okay. When none came, he eased it open and stared into the blackness. He flicked the light switch to no effect, hearing only a faint click while his own breath grew heavy. Felix? The gentle hum of a car passing on the street outside sent his heart aflutter until he realized it was way too early for his parents. Breathe, Zachary. This was fine. Felix? Are you there? The place didn't smell like a slaughterhouse. Resisting the urge to slam the door behind him and run, he peered in the darkness, allowing the stairs to creak one after the other with his steady descent. Huh? Hello? Zach jumped as he heard a quiet meowing in the dark. Grace Jones? Felix? He steadied himself against the shelves at the bottom of the stairs, listening for any hint of cat or man. It took him a moment to realize that the steady breathing he could hear, which grew heavier with each exhale, was not his own. Felix? He fumbled for the flashlight, he'd seen a thousand times on the shelves behind him starting. He fumbled for the flashlight he'd seen a thousand times on the shelf behind him, startling as two aerosol cans clattered to the floor. He froze until his fingertips brushed the rough textured handle of the flashlight. A quiet, wet tearing sound and then a low feline growl mixed with rattling interrupted the steady flow of breath. Zack pointed the flashlight at it, flicked it on, and screamed. "'A great shriek, something between the hissing of an enormous cat "'and the scream of a man he'd heard before swallowed his own cries "'as he stumbled backwards, trying to get away from the mess of flesh "'and bloody bone that writhed in the sunlight.' He recognized Felix's delicate features in the face that had hissed at him, until it split in two with a gnashing maw of sharp, bloodied teeth. A frozen blue shape, barely recognizable as Conway's face, pushed through a tear in the fleshy mass, only for the skeletal head to dive on it, forcing its tongue through Conway's lips, death-kissing death, caught in the beam of Zack's flashlight. His foot landed on one of the fallen cans and went out from under him. He dropped the flashlight as the back of his head struck the shelf. His world went dark. When Zack peered through heavy eyelids, the corpse-like thing had edged closer. He tried pulling away, but his legs and arms refused to drag through his weight the few precious feet he needed to reach the stairs and crawl to safety. Where the fuck was safe any? The creature hooked a bony hand around his ankle. Zack opened his eyes with a startled cry, squinting against the brightness of fire slid to the edges of his temple courtyard. The skeletal apparition was gone. He looked down at the black cat now snoozing against his bare chest. Grace Jones. Or not Grace Jones. Who knew? Did it matter? Zach couldn't speak. He was still shaking, still forcing himself to breathe, trying to match her steady purrs.
1: It's like that scene in The Thing where, like, you finally see the dog turn into that flesh creature and, like, split apart.
2: It just is
1: nasty. And with that,
0: Felix subsumes and becomes
1: Alistair. Yep. Because that's what's going on. Yeah. He he has Alistair's appearance, except he has his old eyes. Felix still has his blue eyes.
0: Yep. And Zach at one point asked about his old body, his old appearance. And it is heavily implied that that was the man that Felix had killed and that he was not a good man. And so he was glad to be rid of that body. So Felix, this entire time, has been some kind of fucking shapeshifter. Yeah who could just take a dead body and make it his own. And that's just a thing
2: he can do. Unfortunate.
1: This, this is why you time. don't whistle. This is why you don't whistle in the woods at night, kids. There's shit out there. I don't care what people say. This is why you don't go Gone. to the park.
2: Yeah. <laughs> this is why you don't leave your house. This is actually. why you don't ride hey, on Vespas. Wait,
1: okay, no, wait, no, wait. <laughs> We we may be taking it too far. Hold on, time, time out. Was the
0: Vespa too far? Are we allowed it to ride on
2: Vespas? Some it Vespas, was the Vespas are okay yeah. and fuel efficient. All right, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But yeah, so that I'm sure the Mams had a very similar like what <laughs> the fuck, <movie laughs> yeah, as I did. Get yeah, that was a very what the fuck moment, and then it's just. He, he 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 goes, and the thing that stuck with me is he starts looking for Felix's face as, like, a Halloween mask <laughs> on the floor. Yeah. He's just like,
0: oh. Yeah, he's, like, so afraid he's going to open a cupboard and Felix's face is going to be there. Which was, yeah. like, out of everything, I was imagining that. I'm like, I know this is meant to be ghoulish, but, like, <laughs> I'm just, yeah. it's also hilarious.
2: <laughs> and if you mams are okay with it, I may go ahead and sum up the ending. Yes, yes. Okay, unless there's more you want to say.
1: No, real quick, uh, real quick. There is something that we kind of talked in between recording. This book is worth delving into. I think there is some symbolism with the dreams he has and the men represented in the orgy, I think are reflected the men he meets like the one with tattoos could be cascade, the younger one could be Ben. Ethan could be the one that was kissing men and women. There's lots of cool parallels, like. You can really delve into this book and well, and the man with the bandaged face, that might
0: be uh, Felix. Felix. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the Bonnie could have been Alistair. Yeah. Well, and yeah. the Bonnie
0: is clearly Alistair in the last yeah, region, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So so there is a lot of cool symbolism and stuff. So so, yeah, that's the last thing I'd like to mention.
0: Yeah. Even- there's a lot of symbolism, a lot of setup. Like Felix was seen in what like the second section of this book you know yeah and then he comes yeah. back
1: to be
2: the pivotal character at the end that saves zach yeah. from his own hubris even though we have spoiled the book for you it still might be worth a read if this is something i think you're so into. if it's not if you're a fluffy soft marshmallow reader like me and roxy then maybe it's not the one for you but if you're into weird fucking shit like me <laughs> yeah read it
0: you'll
1: love it I'm I'm into weird shit, but I need to be eased in. I need a bit of marshmallow oh, throw me before into I it. find the weird Vegemite center. Toss, toss me in to the weird, weird... Toss me. Toss me. Sorry. <laughs> Corinne wants to be top.
0: Toss me.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: promise. Yeah, it, It.
0: I really enjoyed this book, but some of, some of the ending, Andy, then we can wax nostalgic.
2: Yeah. So essentially, Felix now Alistair, F- Falister <laughs> Ballister's like hey i'm taking this and we're leaving so yeah he, with grace jones yeah he just dips out with grace jones and they just venture off to have eldritch adventures together i assume
0: can we get a grace jones and felix book <laughs>
2: yeah. but then it all culminates and i and a At this moment i realized this was probably all one big metaphor yeah (laughs) it is it is just zach leaving a note for his parents because he was going to wait and like be there and support them but he essentially leaves this very well put note that's like hey i don't want to be around you guys you don't even know who i am and i don't know who you are and i want i want to be around you but we're not in a place that we can handle being around each other and, and essentially he's like deuces and dips out before his parents get home and goes back to Toronto. And I, I it was at that moment. I'm like, I had to read about a man eating another man just for one big gay allegory and coming out <laughs> to your parents. That's the point. That's the point.
0: This was all a coming out story. This entire fucking thing with all the different types of men that Zach dates and fucks. All the different bullshit that's going on about not knowing who he is, about changing his body, about his body being changed. It's all a metaphor for coming out and coming to terms with your own sexuality.
1: Which it does go back to to how it was before. Yeah. After Grace Jones leaves, all his like supernatural abs and stuff, they leave. I will say I very much love where he said, we don't really know each other, but I would like the chance to know you. He he is a very different person than he was at the beginning of the book. And I do think that Grace Jones helped him mature a lot with these different relationships and the advice she tried to, to give him, even if it was not nefarious. I, I really enjoyed it. I really, I really did. Zach learned a
0: lot and grew as a character. And like in the beginning, Zach saw himself as like at his peak in a sense. Like he didn't think he had anything else to learn. He thought he knew everything. And then he gets to the end of this book and he's like, oh shit, I know nothing, but I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to grow and I know who I am now. I don't I know that I know nothing, but I also know what who and what I am.
2: It's just the healthiest place to be at twenty one. Yeah, be at twenty
0: one, that's a really healthy yeah. place to be. You know who and what you are, and you know that you know nothing. And yep. the fact that it took this weird elder shit and cannibalism for him to get there, you know, maybe not the recommended path. J- just saying, but I, I hope that you know, I, I just, I think that this is a really enjoyable book. It's really well written. It's a great metaphor. It's funny. It's dark. It's grisly. It's very. I would say the only, like, quibble I have is the fact that I don't know if it takes place in Indiana or North Carolina. <laughs> it all Ooh. comes
2: back to Where me. are you? <laughs> I eat dudes now. I ain't got no abs. My cat got taken by a drifter.
1: So he he asks Cascade to visit, I guess. And Cascade ends up taking him to the airport and you can tell he's matured because there is the open invitation for like one last night and he realizes no i'm not gonna do this i'm gonna go live my life and you need to sort out your marriage amazing amazing like i just i i loved this book i genuinely even Mm. though it's nasty at certain moments (laughs) I loved it i this was fun this is
0: a fun read it was yeah it was very fun it was very well written i mean the fact that all three of us essentially read it in about a day is really saying something it's not a short book it's not a long book but i mean it's over 300 pages it's basically once you start reading it you can't stop because you want to know what's going to happen next like it is a series of like you know how like farcical sex comedies used to be a big thing
2: it's yeah. like that,
0: but Eldritch Horror. And I find that hilarious. It is, like, the most two, like, clashing of genres that there could be. Like, Eldritch Horror and farcical sex comedy, like, just smooshed together. All with, like, the arc of, like, learning about yourself and it's okay to come out. You know? Like...
1: Yeah. And usually I'm, I'm a sucker for romance novels with, like, you know two characters falling in love, overcoming their differences. But I feel like this book was more about him loving and respecting himself and growing throughout the relationships he met on the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's a very different book from what we've read previously. And I I loved it. Good job, Christian. Good weird job. (laughs) Yeah. Weird,
2: weird. Good. If 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 I may, I know Corinne usually does this, but maams, how many maams are we giving this motherfucker? Oh,
0: personally, I'm giving a five out of five, maams. I enjoyed the hell out of this. I thought it was weird. I thought it was fun, and I love weird, fun shit. It was well written, and besides the fact that I don't know what state it's in, I really don't have any quibbles. That's me.
1: I i would almost agree and give it a five but i'm gonna give it a 4.8 because the bisexuality mm. line yeah yeah oh i didn't like it but then again it could be zachary just being dumb i feel uh, like it's
0: zachary personally which is why i'm sticking with a five because Zach, exactly you know is a dumbass.
1: but <laughs> that's true that's true that's my only thing that's my only thing because
2: this this was genuinely fun this was yeah. such a so delightful like genuinely so I'm going to clarify my rating before I even give it because it's a good book. And if it's something you think you'll like absolutely check it out, even though we've spoiled like the big plot points, like it's still an enjoyable read, you know, as someone who has trouble getting into narrative sometimes this it's good shit. I'm going to give it a four out of five, not because it's a bad book, but because it is not something I would pick up. If that makes sense. Like it didn't, it wasn't a book for me it was a very good book it just wasn't a book for me fair oh totally fair Fair?
0: there this kind of shit is my kind of shit but it's not everybody's kind of shit and I respect
2: which is so that. fair yeah, yeah
0: i know what i'm weird uh no <laughs> not really i i know that i have interesting taste there you go
1: that's a better way to reframe it good job yeah. Proud of you. I
0: have interesting taste. So so we have an overwhelmingly good score, I would say. This is yeah. this book bu- this is a book recommended by the Mams. Please heat the content warm. And really
1: good sex scenes. Good lord. Yeah, yeah. Hot sex- but it yeah. throws you in there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: It throws you right in. It is It pulls no punches. It pulls no punches. It is gory. It is bloody. It tackles some really serious topics. But it's also just fucking funny. Like if you've ever owned a cat, I recommend reading this book. <laughs> oh,
3: my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know who Grace up.
0: Jones is, look up Grace Jones, because I think you need to know. But I, I, I do want to say, I think it's it's time for either one of two things, and I'll, I'll let the ma'am's pick. Do you want my fanfic suggestion, or do you want my tingler first? I want to get tangled.
2: And you want to yeah, get tangled? I'm feeling a tingle in the air. Yeah. a tingle? Okay, we'll do the tingle yeah. first.
0: Uh, let's see. Oh, I only had my all-ma'am script open. Let me open my secret producer-only script. Oh. No.
2: It's just, <laughs> why aren't Roxy and Annie getting in their notes? Why aren't Roxy and Annie getting in their notes? Why aren't Roxy and Annie getting in their notes? All in all caps, just over and over again. Yep, that's exactly what they are. Okay. <laughs> Okay,
0: this one is a call-out to classic literature and the lies we tell ourselves. I make sure to find a balance between standing still and relaxing the muscles of my face, providing the best subject that I possibly can. It's okay, Paisel eventually offers, the words loosely spilling out of his mouth while the rest of his expression remains fully engrossed. You can relax. I'm painting your soul, not your body. I'm not entirely sure what this means, but I do my best to heed his words. The night wears on and on, but not quite as long as I'd expect for a true masterwork. Soon enough, Paisle sits back and gazes at his finished product. He looks back and forth between me and the painting, adding a single brushstroke and then nodding in confirmation. Finished, he finally announces. It's perfect. I climb to my feet and hurry over to my friend, anxious to see what he's crafted. The second I round the edge of this canvas I'm completely in awe, nearly buckling at the knees at the overwhelming beauty of this portrait. My depiction sits with poise and honor, a handsome, masculine man who is strong, honorable, and most of all, straight. It's perfect, I offer, utterly mesmerized, just perfect. The smell of savory home cooking fills my home with a cozy warmth as I hurry this way and that, making sure things are in order before my guests arrive. Suddenly, there's a loud loud knock at the door, the familiar sound making me jump with excitement. I've had plenty of dinner parties, but this one is particularly special. Tonight is the night that my friends and colleagues get their first look at Paisel's masterpiece. I hurry to the front door, yank it open, greeting my first arrivals with an eruption of excitement. It's my friends, Todd and Amanda, and I bless each of them with a powerful hug. You made it! I cry out. Wouldn't have missed it for the world, Dorian, Amanda replies. I can't wait to get a look at this new painting you've been raving about. Well, the wait is over, I offer with a smirk. Come on in. My friends step aside and hang their coats, then continue onward into the den. It's here. Hazel's notorious portrait hangs, positioned over my fireplace. Right this way, I continue, leading them forward and then motioning towards the grand painting. Feast your eyes! My breath suddenly catches in my throat, shocked by what I see. Technically speaking, the painting is still just as masterful as it's always been, but there are glaring details I hadn't noticed until now. Yes, I still appear to be mostly straight, but up until this point, I hadn't realized I was depicted wearing a mess, mesh, see-through shirt. It's amazing, Amanda gushes. Whoa, Todd chimes. Incredible. I'm frozen in terror, not quite sure how to react. My friends are proceeding as though everything is just fine, but the apparel on display is making me uneasy. Yeah. Thanks! I stammer, suddenly not as interested in showing off the new work of art. Let's go take our seats in the kitchen. Dinner's almost ready. This excerpt is from The Picture of Dorian Gay, not to be confused with The Picture of Dorian Gray. Looking for the sexy bits? Well, those seekers are Chuck's and not ours, and we don't kiss and tell. You can find this book on Amazon and Kindle for two ninety nine. dollars 99 it, it's, it's, a, it's a picture of Dorian Gay. It, 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 per- it, it shows how gay he is. Amazing. Instead of how old he is. Amazing. <laughs>
1: It's... I <laughs> God damn it
2: Chuck we love and appreciate you so much So you much You have no, no greater fans than the Mams The Mams are amazing fans fams. Fams. fams I pre-ordered this new book coming out I I'm did ready. too
0: I, I recommend everybody pre-order Camp Damascus I mean it'll probably be out by the time this comes out But we still recommend it I'm so excited for it I'm going to get a little bandana, too. You can sign up to get a oh. bandana if you pre-ordered. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so that was the tingler. Now, I know that you two had trouble finding fan fiction for this because...
1: How? How? How could we find anything like that? I don't... Well, I told I, you I have interesting taste. And so
0: I had two touchstones for this film. I had... Or this book. I had two films, Fresh, which came out in 2022, and The Voices, which came out in 2014. Fresh stars Sebastian Stan. He is a cannibal. The Voices stars Ryan Reynolds. He's a guy who accidentally kills a lady and then keeps his head in his fridge and she talks to him. So (laughs) I, I, I like dark comedies. The Voices is definitely a dark comedy. Fresh is more a dark commentary. It has some very funny moments in, like, the ridiculousness of, like, the shit that is happening. But Fresh is a commentary on, like, the dangers of dating as a woman in the modern age. And it it felt very, like, relevant because this is another book kind of about the dangers of dating in the modern age and also cannibalism, just like Fresh was. I recommend Fresh if you either... Don't mind cannibalism in a movie or like thrillers with a deeper meaning cuz it, it
1: it's deep. You know, other podcasts <laughs> recommend Hello Fresh, but no. Ours is Hello no. Ours
2: is Goodbye Fresh. Goodbye Fresh. Yeah.
0: No, it's it's legitimately a good movie. It's also about cannibalism. So is this hello for a
1: special Peter Scannellism,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but the fanfiction that I have to recommend is called "Pound of Flesh" by Bad Writes on AO3. It's a sweet short vignette, a character study of two of the surviving characters from the film. So watch the film first before reading any further. In my notes, you know I will provide them, or just check out the fic yourself if you don't mind spoilers. Basically, this story, the summary is, I mean, it's a super fucked up story, but we still have to live afterwards, right? And I love that summary. Like, it's a super fucked up story, but you gotta like if they survive, so they've gotta live afterwards, right? And it it's actually just like a sweet and humorous little vignette into the lives of two of the characters who this author decided end up together at the end two of the like would be victims who instead persevere survive and end up together and it's just it's very sweet it's very cute it it's also you know there's jokes about cannibalism because they're both victims of cannibalism so you know they're going to joke about it because how else do you deal with horrible trauma but through laughter but
2: yeah be. Oh, probably therapy, you might recommend. I mean, The Horrible Actor is cheaper, though, to be fair. (laughs) The look
0: I just got, listeners. Basically, if this book sounded interesting to you, also check out Fresh. It's really good. Great movie. And then if you liked Fresh, check out this fic because it's really cute. It's funny and it gives these gals a happy ending after everything they went through, just like Zach got a happy ending after everything he went through. You know, just because there's cannibalism doesn't mean everybody's unhappy in the end. Is all I'm saying. You can have cannibalism in something and it still has a good ending where everybody, not everybody, some people are fine and living their lives. But I do want to say I don't recommend cannibalism in your actual life because it's not going to turn out well for you. Just like in general. It's only really recommended in cases of survivor scenarios, but even then you still can get prosecuted. Just saying. (laughs) Andy's Andy, having a crisis Andy. down
3: there.
2: I have had a hard enough time tonight. I've had a hard enough time tonight. I'm sorry. To... I
1: am I the legal person in the in the Mam team now? Am I? <laughs> am I gonna have to be?
2: I I'm down for arson. You know, when I say eat the rich, it's Don't, not like a cannibalism no, thing. No, we're for not me. down for arson. Stop it. I, I didn't say we're down for. I said I'm down for arson. Stop eat the rich, rich, literally. Yeah. Stop you, it. Listen, there's there's three tiers of eat the rich. Corinne, Andy, and Roxy. <laughs> Corinne would enjoy it. Andy would do it because it's the morally correct thing to do, and Roxy just doesn't want to hurt anybody because she's a good person. <laughs> You're the good person out of the three of us.
1: That is terrifying. (laughs) I
0: should not be the good person here. Anyway, I can read our outro now. (laughs) Now that I've been exposed as as a weirdo, no,
1: Uh, like a D and D &D alignment chart of the man, (laughs) the cannibals. I feel like the character who's usually chaotic good. Realizes they're lawful and that is terrifying.
2: (laughs) Oh, you won't literally
0: eat the rich. (laughs) You won't literally eat the rich. Gosh.
1: Okay, morals (laughs) aside, bring on Dizzy.
0: I mean, outro,
1: outro, outro is my safe word. Wait, is that the title? Outro
0: is my safe word? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, that's the title. Outro is my safe word. All right. Up next is a very special all fanfiction episode. That's right, we record our live Discord only event, Oops All Fanfictions. Tune in next time to hear our trauma in all its glory. Looking for hot content and even hotter vibes? Check out our Patreon. You can find it linked on our Twitter, WBTYMPOD. You can also find us on Instagram with the same name, and we have a Tumblr and Facebook page, if you're into that kind of thing. Please follow, rate, and leave a review on the podcast platform of your choice. Tell a friend, chase down a co-worker. We've got so much love to give, and we need your help to spread it. Finally, we'd like to thank Acorns for our theme song. This has been Wham Bam Thank You Ma'am, and I hope we've left you thoroughly satisfied. Get flirty. And
1: And stay stay dirty! dirty And don't eat
0: people! maybe! Want more Wham Bam Thank You Ma'am? Can't get enough of our sexy voices and even sexier brains? Join our Patreon at the Flirt Level for only $3 to gain access to ad-free episodes, monthly book polls, and the patrons-only portion of our Discord. Looking for something more? Our one-night stands at $5 also get episodes one week early, access to our personal reading notes from each episode, and a special, customized gift in December. We have so much to show you. All we need is a little commitment. Interested? Check out our socials, WBTYMPod, basically anywhere people congregate. Each one will link our Patreon. Can't wait to see you there.